0: Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There will also be spoilers for various anime throughout the course of this episode. Please use caution in case we discuss a series that you haven't finished. Finally, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and may not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Dead Talk, where entrepreneurs get together to talk about the latest and greatest in anime dance. Or at least that would usually be the case, but uh, as I am, but this time uh, we're going back in time slightly for a classic episode. what is I want to say back in time, I mean to the good old year of 2012.
2: Oh my god.
3: You know, I it's was playing 2012.
0: The world, till it wasn't. <laughs>
2: And I feel fine.
3: I don't. My tummy hurts.
2: And I'm sick, (laughs) so...
3: (laughs) You know, I played 20 questions with some people guessing what show I was watching, and I said I was watching a 10-year-old show that had fun uses of corpses. Do you want to know that somebody guessed Fruits Basket on me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh
2: The internet is a fun it place. It took them
3: 40 minutes to figure out it was this show.
2: <laughs> so the good old year of 2012, say. Uh, yeah.
3: Thanks, Obama! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so if you couldn't tell... Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Jet, and uh, if you couldn't tell uh, by the by the uh, voices uh, gathered around me, it's a Team Grimgar reunion for the first time in uh, quite a while. So, I.
2: Uh... so, yeah, so I believe the, the way this is going to work is tonight, you are the officer and we are your, inf- how's it work, enforcer, you're the enforcer and the three of us are the hunting dogs? Yeah. Yeah. We're tonight
3: we're engaging in pet play with Jed as the master.
2: Uh, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, uh, so I guess that's going to be the turn. so like I said before.
3: <laughs> All right, Andrew, bend it, spread, and take in a breath. I've got the plug sale ready to go.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, so... Uh,
2: <sighs> when's it, it going to be someone else's turn?
1: <laughs> All right, so... Uh, <laughs> All right, which one
0: of you other fuckers is into hand-holding? Uh... uh Yep.
2: That's... Oh my God, we're not even three minutes in. Okay.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, so, all right. So, like I said before, I'm, Jeff and I'm joined tonight by
2: Andrew. Hi. How's it going, everybody? Uh, I've sunk into levels that have never been sunk before.
3: Uh, Megan. I went to the Smith and Wesson gun safety school, and all I learned how to do was kill. <laughs>
0: and Patrick. I'm tired and grizzled. Things aren't the way they used to be.
1: Yep.
2: And, uh, today... Remember the 90s? Uh. Yes.
1: Kids these Uh, days. those were the times.
3: You think the god of the Isekai world we sent to sent us back, not because we had saved the world, but because they were tired of the bullshit that we started? Probably. Probably.
1: Yep. And, uh, tonight we're here to talk about a little classic
3: from the year,
1: uh, 20 tw- uh 2012. Uh, so a classic that, you know, classic that kind of came and went, you know, only ever had, uh, only ever came and went with one season, just a little, you know, uh, called Psycho Pass. Just, uh, really, you know, a little nice of
2: So... Are, are we going? There are two ways we could play the discussion tonight. Are we calling it a one and done, or are we acknowledging that there is more?
3: You see, I set the Dominator to <laughs> I set the Dominator to read the psychopaths of the other season, and they were disintegrated with one shot. Oh
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh. Uh, we have the one season, and we have all those uh, weird fanfics, and uh, we don't talk about those.
2: But for the sake of tonight's discussion, this is the first, and the original, and the only, depending on who you ask.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on who you ask, it might be like a single movie, but otherwise it's just the one season.
2: So yeah. <sighs> this has been... So, I know when it comes to classics episodes, we usually discuss a bit of our history with this. And I remember Psychopath was at a time where I actually watched it where it was... I wouldn't say I, I watched it right as it came out, but it probably wasn't that old when I watched it. At least the dub was probably maybe like a year or two. And by the time I got into it, was actually kind of around the time they started that whole simuldub thing. This season was before... They did the whole simuldub initiative, and then the uh, the fanfic that is season two <laughs> was one of the first actual beta tests for the Funimation simuldub. Andrew, program. I
3: think you're a loose cannon in that you can't make the right determinant if there are more seasons of Psychopaths. I don't care that you have the experience. I, the new person, believe in the system writing of Uta- Ubataka. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, uh, my uh, my experience with the show. Uh, I actually did watch the show while there because uh, because I'm over here. I am probably uh, the most familiar with this show's character designer, that being uh, one Akira who has done a lot of things. But uh, for certain people, they probably know her as the Offered uh Kotekio hit Maryboard or just reborn if you're a westerner. I'm starting to
2: realize that that woman has an incredible skill for drawing highly detailed and attractive people. Indeed, like I've seen, like some of the other things she has designed for, like I know they're plucky shonen lads, but like they're they're handsome boys in reborn, but like a couple of people in psychopaths and some of the other things she's done, it's like yeah. Yeah, no, that's what. That's. That will get some fires in the loins depending on who you're into or what you're about. Mm. But yes, you and I have for sure seen Psychopaths. Patrick, your before.
0: experience? I watched the whole thing in simulcast. Um, and then, like, I bought the really good limited edition set and watched, like, five episodes of the dub before. The whole storage unit thing happened, and never got back to it until now.
2: Oh, okay. You actually haven't seen the majority of the dub right. till now. I didn't. Okay, that's interesting. But
0: I did watch the whole first season.
1: Yeah, uh, good to know you had the nice set. I also had the really nice
0: set. No, I I don't have it anymore. It was it was in the storage unit when it got broken into. That um, nah,
1: would. Mm.
2: Ooh okay that was yeah, yeah I I, I, mo- I mostly was watching off of Steph's standard releases which watching old Funimation Blu-ray releases is fun because you get to see trailers of like time capsules of the time because this had trailers for like the blood the last Sea movie, Steinsgate part two and like... I feel like there's one other that I'm forgetting about. Oh, the Ereka Seven movie. No, not that one. The one before oh, those. Fuck.
3: The ones before Daisato decided he hated all of us. <laughs> wow.
4: Uh,
2: it was uh, like it was like what the first AU? Because it seems like there's at least a couple of them now. Uh, some. Anyways, I don't know Eureka 7. That's, that's a whole other beast that none of us have the time nor capacity to deal with right now.
3: So here's my experience with Psychopaths. It was years and years of people going, Megan, I'm surprised you've never watched this show. This seems like something you would watch. So I agreed to watch the show, not because of who wrote it, not because of the story, but because these fuckers wanted to determine which dude or woman I wanted to bone the hardest. We
2: couldn't deny it was at least a contributing factor.
3: It was 85% of the factor.
2: We did it for science. (laughs) We did it for science.
3: So, just before we get into that, gentlemen, please propose the character that you all think I would find the most attractive. Not who I think would be the best character, but the most attractive character.
2: I went into this uh, betting pool thinking it was either going to be Nobuchka Ginoza or Yayoi Kunizuka.
0: So that's Andrew.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are also my two bets.
0: Patrick, I'm I'm gonna be the wild card here. I'm I'm gonna say Masaoka. Hmm. Okay.
3: Anyway, Jet, please host and get us started before we go more off rail and get sit back to East Thailand. I can't go back to prison.
1: Yeah, uh so if you haven't seen Taco before, uh link my description from Anime Planet, I would have gone for the one for Main End, but it's actually like pretty bad. Uh
2: <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you either just do the back of the box or you find yeah. somewhere else.
1: Uh, in the future a system called Symbol presides over the country and provides order to every facet of life. It dictates which job field citizens should go to based on aptitude tests, and can even read each, each citizen's mental state and predict which ones were likely to commit crimes in the future. For extra exams, Akati Suda more is beginning her career as an inspector, a specialized police officer who works to apprehend these latent criminals and stop crimes before they happen. But not all that get caught are eliminated or jailed. Some join the police force as enforcers to, pro- to provide insight into criminal minds, and Akata is warned not to get too close to them as they're considered little more than hunting dogs. Though skeptical of this advice and Sybil's judgment, Akade is determined to work together with her infor- fellow enforcers to protect the peace of her city and its inhabitants.
3: And, uh. <laughs> so. Yeah. Somewhere out there, Tom Cruise and the Church of Scientology are wondering can they pull a copyright on Japan? Uh,
1: yeah, basically, this is just Urobuchi just like looking over at my door report and be like, you know what? Let me take a crack at that.
2: <laughs> so, the thing that is also worth noting is at the time of the original season of Psychopaths, this was when the name Gen Urobuchi was fucking hot. Red hot. This was like, I think, even like. Just after Fate Zero, the anime had come yeah. out, but like bu- uh, this was probably like around the time as he was starting to get big, maybe before he really. Uh,
3: and he done Madoka by yeah, he had done Madoka. Yeah, yeah this, he,
1: he, he had done Madoka yeah, yeah, the year before. Year after Madoka. So yeah, his day was
3: really good at this point. Hi, sorry, Shinya is brushing against my legs. Uh, uh, That's uh, yeah,
1: uh, but yeah, this is the an Nurbuti show and. Uh, so, and interestingly it's before that time it's in that time where Urubouti's name actually did mean something and not just like uh, and not just like, you know, Urbouti like scribbles something got a napkin and someone else wrote it.
2: I literally <laughs> pulled up his uh Wikipedia page and I see him listed for animation concept for Ruby Ice Queen Dog. Oh,
3: that's so funny.
2: <laughs> like what does that mean? Uh, if- I don't think that means anything. That
3: mean, that mean, that means, please let me go back to my puppets. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 know, I know he just went, yes. I know he of and gave it to them, but just went back to his puppets. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs>
2: but, yeah. This is going to be an interesting one to revisit for a couple of reasons that have aged well and a couple of reasons that have not.
3: And a couple of reasons that are fucking hilarious. <laughs> so...
1: Oh, uh, absolutely! It is, a, it is a show that goes in a lot of directions, and it is quite wild. But, of course, we are here to talk about the dub, and of course, you can't talk about a dub without talking about the folks behind the booth, the ADR staff. So, uh, so we're going to start off by talking about the director for the dub and the scriptwriter. So, on board direction, we have Zach Bolton. And on the scripts, our head writer is Jared Hedges. And assisting him is Alex Munez, Blair Rowan, and Joel Bergen. Jared Hedges has written for such shows as Full Metal Alchemist, Hugh show and Mitsu Government Hodgin. Alex Munez has written for such shows as Garo Cristen Moon, Donald and Frank's, My First Girlfriend is, and My First Girlfriend is a gal. Ray Rowan has written for such shows as Aria to Scarlet Ammo, Evangelion 2.0, You Can Out Advance, and Bloodbuck Game Battlefront. Joe Bergen has written for such shows as Eld Alive, Cyber 7, and Dragon Ball. And uh, Zach Fulton has directed for such shows as A Certain Magical Index, Space Sandy, Future Diary, and uh, probably most relevant to this, Darker Than Black.
2: Oh! Oh, wow,
3: yeah. Is, yeah. Chinese electric Batman.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that is literally the one thing everyone does about that show. <laughs> uh,
2: so, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, this was definitely an interesting one to revisit, uh, especially for me in particular because uh, 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 because I was following the dub scene even around this time, and uh back then I was actually not a particularly big fan of that bolt, oddly enough. Uh mostly be- really? uh, uh mostly because uh I had seen the dub for uh, Future Diary and I was uh, not particularly happy with how that one uh, turned out. So uh, so uh
3: I mean there's not a lot in Future Diary to make you happy
1: though. Uh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. and obviously by case were uh, very different back then. So uh,
2: <laughs> it was. It was back then. I think you were. You had a more fondness for the show than you do now, and I think that did sour your expectations at that yeah,
1: time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So. Yep. Yeah, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect coming into this one, but uh, at the uh, at the time, I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. And coming back to it a decade later, uh, yeah, uh, so pretty solid. Uh, direction here more less fits the tone of the show really well. Yeah. Um, script is. A script is solid, a good balance between uh, uh, being pretty faithful and, you know, uh, uh, not being afraid to put things up uh, every now and then, which is, you know, about what you would expect for a Funimation script for around this time period.
2: I get the impression that the flavor text for this show was very dense, and it was it felt like one of those things where if you... this. Did not feel like the type of environment that you could really, like, punch up or really play too much with a lot of the dialogue, but... Because it's so rich and dense with the fact that all of it is lore, world-building, and just, like, very casual, like, character-building stuff.
3: And political commentary.
2: And political commentary, which... Yeah, 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 this is a psychopath episode... This is a team Gribgar episode. We're gonna go for it we're gonna go for it just just bear that in mind mm-hmm. but I do think the script itself is at least solid and pretty like does a really good job. It doesn't seem like it's too stiff or that it's a little, that it's too like marred by the denseness of the world and setting. I actually think there's some pretty interesting and ambitious lines. But I will also say the thing that's interesting to me about this dub is that I feel like there's a lot of people in this dub. Some of them were definitely more experienced at the time. But there's definitely a lot of actors who I felt like were either lesser known or like these were some of their first major roles in a dub that I could recall. And some interesting risks as far as casting in that regard I I think some of them were definitely a little rockier at the start than others, but I definitely say by the end of this, a lot of the people I am alluding to absolutely found their footing and kind of rocked it by the end of the show, yeah. for sure.
0: Honestly, coming back around to this felt kind of, in a weird way, melancholy. Because... A lot of the direction and script writing is really good, but you don't really get Dallas dubs like these anymore. It doesn't feel like, where it's just... This was before the era of the neckbeard. And that was kind of, in my opinion, one of the things that started to turn the script writing of... Funimation and later crunchy roll into like I don't wanna say bad, but
2: definitely playing it a little more A little
3: more leashed. Yeah.
2: Okay. I I would also say I this is this is also the era prior to the simul dub yeah. era itself. So this wasn't a guess the original show as it's going along. They had every context they had all the ability to allude to things that were coming or going to happen. That is a detractor that some original dubs, original series and dubs, don't always get that luxury.
0: And it. There's a consistency to it that. You really kind of don't notice. When you listen to like newer Dallas area dubs, you don't really notice it's missing until you go back to some of the older ones. <laughs> like it's it's really impressive the consistency of the psychopath dub when you consider that there are four scriptwriters, but at the same time there is a single.
2: It all feels like it has the same yeah, voice. Single
0: credited director.
2: You could almost say that it is a uh a consensus of minds coming together. You to stop make that one unified. You stop that. Hive mind. oh,
1: uh, so, uh, funny, that's not even where I was gonna get. I was gonna make I was gonna lose something much more serious. I was gonna say this is why it's important to have writers' rooms.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay.
4: Ooh.
0: There we Ooh. go.
4: Ooh. Ooh Jet, I
0: love, I love it when you're one, such man. a I love it.
2: Oh, I love it when you're such a sassy bitch. We've taught you so wrong and you sound so right. Now
0: see, we taught Jet wrong. As a joke.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of nuts, Do you want that's a lot of nuts. Do you want fries? That'll be two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> No, I agree that there should be a writer's room back, but I'm also not going to 100% blame a company for taking a safe option when there are people who are willing to dox people because they're mad about something they don't understand. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, oh, no, oh, no okay, I get like,
1: that. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Discord. Discord's around I certainly got way of words, and I do not blame people. For yeah, like,
3: and and even then, as some, the person who hasn't seen the show before at all, like. I'll agree 100% that the dialogue writing in this is really well because I, I'm going to be 100% frank with you. A lot of people like to hype up Psychopaths as this very, like, serious look at, like, technology and stuff. And I'll admit that I laughed at things I shouldn't have fucking laughed at in this show. <laughs> um,
2: I get the impression that if this was just... Hyper serious. Oh, it would have. I don't think it would would have have worked.
3: (laughs) Well, I'll I'll be real with you. Shinyak, you fucking goblin! Don't you dare touch my Blu rays, you little asshole! Um. No, but like, I think the thing that really works for the writing is, like you guys said, like, the fact that there were four people who worked on this that clearly understood what they were working with. And I do 100% agree that writer's rooms should at least be brought back in some capacity. Hi. If you let me pick you up, I'll put you outside, but you're not going to do that because you're being a little dick. I'm sorry. She's toddlers. Um, Except for she's furry and has four legs.
2: They're babies. They're babies. They're always babies. Yeah. Yeah. This baby needs. This
3: baby also needs to accept that she has a stepfather, and stop ignoring him when he comes over. That's right. I'm on the phone with your dad, Shinya. Yeah, that's right. Don't you? Don't you dare. Hey, hey, Shinya, Shinya Paragi, You don't do that. I'm gonna use your legal fucking name. Might just
2: sleeping on the couch next to me as I'm recording this. He's a good boy. Yeah, lad. well
3: your son your son is a good boy. I own a goblin. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um where was I? Yeah, yes, Pro Writers Room, I really did like the writing of this. Uh but for me the thing that really stood out is actually a lot of the acting work in this show. In that for as absurd as some situations are that are going on in this this felt like a livable world. Like mm. the voices didn't sound like over the top or like, I don't know, like, like, obviously, anime. Not, not that. It's this movie. Uh, if you've seen this show and you are like somehow were like not an actual physical baby in the mid two thousands, uh, you would have probably seen Minority Report, which is a Tom Cruise movie. Um, also, a reminder, fuck Tom Cruise. Um, always and forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know how action, bad science fiction action movies are with the dialogue where it feels like it's over the top and trying too hard to be super edgy and cool? Yeah.
2: Either gotta get the one-liner or you gotta make it sound like, oh... I am the Punisher, hear me roar.
3: It's, you either, you, it's, I don't know how to feel about this, it's like, it's like, you get, like, an Oscar level, like, worthy performance, or you get, can a robot ride a symphony? Can you? Mmm.
0: Mm. Oh, you, you really brought in See, I robot I... into this one, huh? I can respect that.
2: <laughs> you know, you know, I, I know that's, I know that's unrelated to this whole conversation, but just that, that makes me think of the difference between like David Cage and Yokotaro. <laughs> God, it's it's basically David Cage, can a robot learn to be a human? Yokotaro, can a human what? what? Can a human learn to be a human, David Cage? I don't get it.
3: <laughs> also, Yokotaro, what if I gave her a fat ass?
1: Uh respect. Look.
3: Shout out to Yoko! Le- shout out to that one bar that's got Yoko Taro's mask since Mmm, God, <laughs> I wonder. How, I, I, I
2: hope that's like a legend now. I
3: wonder how Yoko Taro's mask is doing in L.A. Mm. I hope I he's hope, on the pick. I lines. hope he's
0: still on the bar, and they just made a shrine around it.
3: What's that? Oh, that's just Yoko Taro's mask. What? That's just Yoko Taro's mask. He lives here now. But like. But you know what I mean. It's, like, the difference between, I don't know, having... uh, I'm trying to think of a good Oscar-winning actor and not somebody who's, like, known for being over-the-top. Shit. Shit. It's, Uh, like, uh,
0: the difference between The Matrix or Johnny Mnemonic and The Lawnmower Man.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's our all reference in this show. I know it's not
2: necessary. I know it's not necessarily Oscar, but my brain comes back to Wesley Snipes in Blade. I was gonna say
3: it's the difference between an Oscar-winning actor or having all your sci-fi screamed out by John Claude Van Damme. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God!
3: His psychopath level, just John Claude Van Damme psychopath. Uh. But like I really liked a lot of the Hi! Uh I really liked a lot of the acting in this. Um Definitely, definitely would say that in terms of the age-old sexy man voicing, uh, I think there are some pretty sexy, sexy voices for uh for the adult version of Light vs. <laughs> L. <laughs> Let's be real. Allen Light is like sparkling shi- sparkling wine. Kagami and Makashima is like drinking box wine. <laughs> Fine it- wine is being a Will Hannibal shipper.
4: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
3: <laughs>
2: okay, I was like, "Where's the th- Where's the third one?" Yep.
3: Anyway, that- I'm done.
2: Well, well put, well
3: played.
2: <laughs> Anyways, dubbing and- All right. Zach and his crew did a damn good
1: Bring job. Back
0: writers' rooms, crunchy Crunchyroll.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, in general, writers' rooms are good. Uh, just in general, that's a thing Hollywood to just be doing. You know, right, writers'
2: you know? rooms instead of the mini rooms. Dun dun dun.
0: WGA. By the way, it's it's
2: no longer it's no longer summer, but boy, this this labor summer has been fucking hot.
0: We've gone from hot labor summer to pumpkin spice labor.
3: Ooh, that's a good Ooh. one. That's good.
2: Ooh, it's gonna smell good in the morning.
3: <laughs> Ahem, Mister Iger, open up your doors, or we're going to play spooky, scary skeletons on repeat until you come out and agree to a deal.
2: This is a promise and a threat. <laughs>
3: As sung by Ron oh. Perlman.
1: Uh, Alright, uh so I guess with that we're going to start moving out into characters. So if Ron Perlman played
2: anybody in this uh ser- in a live action psychopath, who would it be and why is it Masaoka?
1: Oh, you're not Damn uh, it, oh, fuck, that's a good choice. Oh, uh, yeah, you're not wrong.
3: So, I was—I g-
2: literally was—I was making the bit in my head, and I was like, "Oh no, shit! I actually want Ron Perlman." As no, Rock Ron Perlman
3: as the <laughs> lesbian schoolgirl. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, that should be Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's a good a segue.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so we're going to go to our first
3: character characters.
1: So first up, we're going to be talking about uh, some.
3: Didn't you miss this? Didn't you all fucking miss this? Ah, uh, truly.
1: So we're going to be talking about some of the uh, villains of the week for the first half of the show. Alongside, uh, sorry, uh, alongside one of, uh, uh... Alongside a character who is we just maka right-hand man.
2: They are basically his... They're his disciples, or... The little broken kids that he decided to give a knife to. It says, have fun, sport.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, pretty much. Uh, so we have uh, Matsutake Mido, Ryidaka Oreo, Tohita sedgui and... man, the way they pronounce this in the dub, it's just... I,
2: I think it's Cho... It's supposed to be Joe Gusan, but the way they say it in the dub, it almost sounds French, like Che Gusan. Yeah. Which I guess is fitting, considering who plays him. But we'll get yep, to
1: that. Uh, so, so, uh, so is the culprit of uh, the of uh, the uh, case in episodes, I believe it's like four and five. It's as uh, let let let's call
2: him what he really is: the VTuber it's, killer. It's, uh,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically, his whole thing is like going around, like stealing people's online avatars and and impersonating them better than they can, because, you know, that's what real fans do. It's a, You know, totally not a relevant thing in Year uh, Lord 2023.
2: Yeah, I gotta say, of all the things I had forgotten about in the original Psychopaths, this was something I had forgotten about and it has somehow gotten more depressingly relevant. So
3: this is what happens when your Oshi graduates? <laughs> <laughs> oh!
2: Um, fucking mm, A. Ugh.
1: Uh uh continuing uh uh Oreo is a uh high school artist who uh gets uh who gets involved with Makashiva and uh and uh and uh and uh uh, 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 her style of art is uh, you know, just uh going around making her classmates into sculptures, you know, as you do.
3: Salvador dollying her classmates in more way than one. Yeah,
2: that's, that whole arc is mm-hmm. a lot.
1: Yeah, and then you have, uh, Teresa so Sangui, who is, a uh, look, basically he's just a hunter from, like, the worlds, but he's just, he's just a hunter from he's the a, most dangerous He's a Doctor game. Who villain. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's a,
3: Do- he's a Doctor Who villain, who also had a, but I think he's... Who also had a bone to pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: I know, I know, I know he I know just looked at the most dangerous games. just went, that's me. <laughs>
2: And you know what? Yeah, they're all inter- they are all interesting and provide different things to the series,
3: including the and- world's most eccentric bong. Mm.
1: Yeah, God, yeah. And, um, Okay. So who plays <laughs> uh, these characters? Um, so uh, one, one last one, and then uh, as we mentioned before, Takeshock is basically just Makashima's right hand man. He's also he's also a professional hacker. So he helps out with a lot of the technical stuff.
2: Hacker Man, but with blood. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so going into to who plays these characters, uh, playing Mito, we have Eric Vale. Playing Rikoko, we have Brendan Palencia. For Segui, we have Charlie Capel. And for a we have David Wald. Eric Vale has placed his characters as Phoenix Wright and an Ace Attorney. Arasar Crory and the Gray man. And Tsubuki in Ghost of the shallow Arise. Greta Palencia is Eve in Black Cat, Yonagasa in The Future Diary. And Tony Tony Chopper in, in One Piece hashtag Make Chopper Muppet.
2: <laughs> we really do need a Chopper Muppet, mm-hmm.
1: don't we? Um, Charlie Keppel was raised on characters as Lance in Thirteen, XIII, thirteen, Kiara in a certain scientific role-gun team, and Gran Torino with My Hero Academia. And lastly, David Wall. This was his characters as Gajeel, Red Fox, and Fairy Tail, Aswad and Saga, and Kaito Diamond and Five Brain Puzzle Gods. It's because I thought that one was funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: someone like really thought. Brain. Yeah, someone really thought. Let's make David Wall a plucky show the protagonist. You
2: know. You know what? I'm not mad. Why not? Yeah, it's really hard to be mad about that one. Hmm. I, I I'm trying to figure out where, because c- I want to just take the second to gush about David Wald, but I should at least be fair and say Eric Vale shows up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah he, sh- he shows up. I re- he shows up. I really wanted to hear this because I thought like the whole like discussion about like the whole like online avatar thing was just kind of something I found personally interesting.
2: Oh, I think that's fat. That's like fascinating, actually. Yeah. I actually kind of love how psychotic but interesting that is where it's like
3: you guys You
2: know what this is? This is what happens to uh Kiz- Kizuna AI cuz I don't know a lot about VTubers, but I know a lot of people who are really about VTubers and they have told me that Kizuna AI is effectively a sellout fucking hack. Because it's basically... It has been a different person from the original for a while now, and everybody knows and kind of turned on them because of that very reason. So the idea that the person playing them stops acting like what people perceive the character to be like is fascinating and genuine. Like, because people... like forget that there is a real person behind the character and a lot of like VTuber stuff kind of operates under the uh, the whole wrestling persona thing but if somebody's like I can do that better than you can I can be I can be the better Mori Calliope and then just goes crazy who the fuck knows what happens can you s- and and mm-hmm.
3: It's the
2: it's uh, the cat. Ah. Oh, the cat's still doing his thing. But no, I actually do find that whole story surprisingly poignant and more depressingly relevant. Like I, I feel like psychopaths and Urobuchi is an interesting case study because there's a lot of things that have either aged poorly or aged depressingly well. Yeah. And there's a couple of things we're gonna talk about. I feel like the whole VTuber thing and the idea of somebody turning on you if you stop being like what the public at large perceives you to be like, is kind of relevant, and yeah, there are people who do that. But I do think Eric Vale does a very good job at his uh, fucking uh, psycho-acid-fuck (laughs) freakout.
3: I love that. Alcohol! (laughs) What's this for? Getting through the illusion. (laughs) It, he, he is basically
2: his vi- his horror nightmare before he dies is effectively the Masaki Yuasa Cup in Samurai Champloo, where uh, Mugen is tripping balls.
0: So I will say this: it's a bad trip, like, guys. Mito's entire role in his story arc is to basically blend into it. Um. But in that arc, I've really got to give props to, um, I think it was Jamie Markey as Spooky Boogie.
1: Yep. Yeah, that was definitely Jamie. Because, let's be real,
0: she plays Spooky Boogie like she has opinions on grits.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Spooky Boogie's a react-tuber? Oh, absolutely. Oh, fuck
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Hey guys, Spooky Bookie reacting to bad anarchists. Do you
2: do you think in the psychopath world there's anything as bad as like somebody's fursona being like in defense of child labor?
1: Oh, there's definitely someone.
0: Oh, I'm sure.
2: That is like a deep cut that like either nobody's going to get, or that's going to, like, target lock on somebody who's going to get that.
3: Spooky bookie would ask why 9-11 wasn't in Turning Red. (laughs) God.
0: (laughs) There we go. We got him. (laughs) Fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, Uh, we we got him. Mm-hmm.
3: It's like, I was thinking about this before we started, and it was like, but I have the same for when we talk about my personally, but please know that I'm going to drop a reference onto you, the likes that you are not expecting. Uh, oh <laughs> I, I,
2: that sounds like a promise and a threat, but I will say,
3: Jesus. I, I, yeah, Eric will right back. i got to let the fucking goblin out and get a drink keep
1: going
2: That's fair. but yeah no Eric Vale does a <laughs> yeah
1: good uh, job. yeah yeah Eric Vale was yeah, Eric Vail did good for what he had I did it. I, I did enjoy his little freak out when he's like questioned I'm like oh like where he's just question on the idea of like oh well you know you're testing all these avatars but like what kind of person are you actually and you know how does this ends up breaking him I thought that was uh, definitely uh, interesting and uh, yeah that's a uh, Definitely uh strikes a certain chord in uh twenty twenty three. But uh but yeah I liked Aravel a lot. And then uh, going into uh Rika Go, uh that is uh, definitely quite a character. But uh say so, uh, but I but yeah I like but yeah, I liked the Britain Plante as uh, yeah, uh, uh Rika Go uh definitely a good time of this giving very kind of uh ominous vibes
3: okay yo so when I said oh look here comes the schoolgirl lesbian show I was kidding <laughs> there,
2: there's a lot of very casual lesbianism throughout the day. there's a psychopath. lot of carpet munching
3: <laughs> but like like she freaked me out man like Brina does such like god I miss letting Brina get to do like creepy characters like this just because she was, like, there was something so, like, awkward and seductive about her. But also...
2: Oh, she she is a whole... She is completely going at this like she's a sign. Mm-hmm.
3: But, man, is her deviant art terrible. <laughs> 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 now, see,
0: what I really liked about it was, and it's something the show actually kind of points out is Rikiko is the daughter of one of these um
2: she's basically an art she's she's the daughter of an artist who is effectively a uh he is a complete like psychedelic horror expressionist who just draws grotesque things to get reactions and get a feel for, like, humanity to look deep inside. It's basically like a whole art perspective in and of itself. Yep. Tear the form inside out to truly look at what we are on the inside out.
0: And she worships one of these serial killers who basically murders in exactly the same way she did where where he killed people classicize their bodies and put them on display somewhere but she doesn't understand why he was doing it
2: I kind of love that the fact that like what sets her up for failure and why she's effectively thrown away by Makashima is that she is a copycat that doesn't understand why the work's as fucked up as they were, had that meaning in the first place. It's mostly just a level of, like, I loved my father, and I love the beauty of the female form, like, turned inside out. And that's all there was. Uh, yep. It's basically the equivalent of, uh, going into Berserk and thinking it's all about cool guts and cool gore and edgy revenge yep. fantasy. Yep
1: I'll, yep, although I will yeah, although I will say that while uh, uh while her art perspective uh, leaves much to be desired. As I, I did think there was some interesting conver- I did think there was some interesting commentary during like uh, one conversation where uh, she's talking about the team where she's just kind of like talking about the concept of like being in an all girls school and how a lot of those girls there are just it's just way sort of being kind of groaned for, like, more conservative folks in order to, you know, just send me pass off a trophy wire. It's just like, man... Man. There, it's, it's,
2: like, one of those things where it's like, God, that bitch is, like, a crazy psycho, like, fucking freak. But she's not completely wrong in that, yeah, it's like, oh, we want, like, a pure girls school that's not tainted by the outside world so that they're ripe for the picking. Yeah, no, that's that's not untrue. And there is nothing about the world that is set up that's applied that wouldn't actually happen.
3: Heart Heartbreaking worst person you know has a point.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that Yeah, pretty much. But God, fucking Brina is so good. She's so creepy. She's so intimidating. She's very good at like waxing faux intellectual nonsense while she's sleeping with uh, her uh, dead fuck plastic
3: GF. Uh, <laughs> Can I, am I allowed to call Rikako a femcell? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's apt. <laughs> First guy was an incel. You, you know? First dude was an incel, she's a femcel.
1: Uh, I. I. <laughs> I think. Uh. Congrats, Megan, I think you're broken.
3: I. <laughs> yay! I, I. I'm. And okay, I didn't even okay, have to actually, do a sex joke.
1: See, here's the thing.
2: She doesn't have to work for Pussy. Pussy comes to her.
3: But she does, because she has to seduce them by breaking them to their weakest point. Because, like, remember, she the way that she gets the first friend is because she quite literally is like, Oh, sweetie, I know your stepdaddy molests you. Huh.
2: Okay. You know, okay. All right. The, the,
3: yeah, okay. Isn't it better sure. if you just died?
2: Because you will eventually grow old and grotesque and you will lose your beauty. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're selling me back on the FebCell Rico. <laughs> also, fucking Breda's uh, uh,
1: Yeah, I really didn't like Breda's performance. That's the right... That's definitely the right level of unsettling.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I also will... Just because we're not going to be talking about her tonight, I will say this. Everything about Rikiko Oreo and what she does to several of the schoolgirls in the show is a fantastic motivation for why a character in this show or in this season becomes a more prominent figure in future psychopath stuff. I think this is a fantastic, like origin story to the character of Mika Shibutsky. I genuinely do think that is a good reason for why a character like this would want to enter Sybil. What they do with her after is a little more
1: questionable. Uh, I say ah uh, keep clapping
2: <laughs> That's that's neither here nor there, but Jeremy Lay is good at what she does. And always mm-hmm. will
1: be. Yeah,
2: um... So that's... So... Yeah, I, I guess there's the... World... Uh, said yep. Guji now?
1: Yep, uh... So, go, yeah, so speaking of assembling, we have, a uh, Tony Kempel is a Guji, who is, uh... Who, as we said before, basically just cosplaying the... Dispensating the most dangerous game, and is uh... Cyborg Hunter Man.
2: I... I need you to... I need y'all to, uh... Stay with me on this one. Charlie Campbell sounds like he is playing somebody with who has been Botoxed to hell. Yeah. Do you do you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah. Like, he physically sounds like he is playing a person whose lips and cheekbones do not move the proper way they should because they've done so much liposuction and, like, facial reconstruction surgery that it doesn't sound like they can talk normally anymore because it doesn't come out like that. And I think that is exactly what they are trying to go for, with the fact that he is a fully cybernetic yep, body. Yep,
1: yep he's the dude who's just, like, really, truly convinced he's going to live forever.
0: Weird comparison here, but... um Oh shit! What's the name of the actor? Um, 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 um. Uh, Kingpin. Oh, Jason. Vincent yeah, D'Onofrio. When, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as the cockroach in Men in Black. Oh. Fuck. You know yeah. what?
3: You know what? When yeah, yeah, I can Ed see it.
0: Skin all the way back, and he's just like, "There, is that better?" That's what it reminds me of. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know what? You know what? I can see it. That's that's pretty on the mark. It's, yeah. Okay.
0: It's uncanny valley, in probably one of the more literal terms of the, as presented in the show.
2: It's uncanny. It's also detached in a way that, like, he is no longer human. Insert the book here. Um, but he it feels so detached from humanity. That the idea of even killing and hunting for sport doesn't even register to him as inhumane. It's just like, you know And the way
3: that he goes around killing people in such a futuristic society and having this futuristic society is so very old school. Dude's literally running around with a fucking two-barreled shotgun. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Two-barreled shotgun and his robot hunting dogs. Which, you know what, is serious and dramatic, but fuck it. Robot hunting dogs is still pretty silly.
3: Oh, No. Oh no, I want to talk about like the fucking most ridiculous thing this guy does.
2: Um... Are you talking about the fact? No, that, let like, me say it. When
3: throw Megan a bone, okay. Andrew.
4: <laughs> <Cool>.
2: <laughs> All right.
3: So when Makashima is like, re- when Makashima does his, oh honey, daddy is so disappointed in you. Call to like his underlings. He lets this guy hunt down Rikako like a fucking caged animal. And she gets her leg. Ah, your leg! It's caught in a bear trap. Fighting for your life. Quiet, quiet.
2: Oh, <laughs> um, God.
3: <laughs> but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> Killing for sport, it's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Killing for short, it's Shogo Makashima stab him in his kidneys safe at last from makashima oh. no but um so he hunts her down and kills her and in the next episode him and makashima are just having this like conversation like two dudes who peaked in high school reading catcher in the rye do oh, <laughs> god and he...
4: That's such
2: a very specific targeted insult, but a correct one.
3: Um, and he pulls out this set of, like, very ornate smoking pipes, and he's like, I fashioned them out of Rika Oreo's bones! <laughs> and I had to At- stop and just bust out laughing, because it's such this absurd thing to get rid of a body is... <clears throat> hmm... I need something to rip a fat one out of her rip her spinal her spinal collar will make the best bong
2: It has the same energy as that guy who is using his son's blood to try and make himself a physically age younger
3: or like those crunch or like the crunchy moms who eat the placenta. You know what, I, I I should have
2: known that a psychopath episode was going to be upsetting in more yeah. ways than one, but you know what, that's
1: still on yeah, me. I mean, I don't know if the when he's smoking, he's really like, ah, oh, yeah, smoking really does make me feel
2: younger. It, it, that's why it's like, it made me think of the guy who, like, ma- took his son's blood and made him look younger or And whatever. then, like,
3: he's hunting down poor Alexis Tipton, who... Motherfuckers couldn't even put her in a matching bra and underwear set, fucking monsters. Um...
1: Uh. Um,
3: and just, he's, like, the happiest little old man, and he just gets kind of, like, destroyed by the Dominator, and that's it. Like, Shogo doesn't even get to say he's disappointed in him. He's just like, oh, this guy's fucking dead now. Thanks, Charlie Campbell, good job. Um... I, th- I think
2: Makashima was kind of like, hey, look, this is your chance to run. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to see this shit through. I feel like I'm taking the world's sickest Viagra right now. This is awesome. And then he's like, all right, Godspeed to you, man.
0: And then he yeah. his back blown out like the uh, the old man from Mina Yashiki, which, by the way, Crunchyroll, dub it, you cowards.
2: You really had to go with the phrase getting his black back blown out.
0: Yeah, but there was
1: a <laughs> Yeah, but there was a, one other thing with this character I found particularly interesting where like and what is what is there's what there's one bit in uh, one of the early episodes where he's like doing an interview with a reporter. And it seems like talking about it seems, like talking to him about the fact that he has like a cyberized body and him just kind of uh, hoping that he'll live long enough for like, his brain to be fully cyberized. And then, like, when he's watching, like, why he's okay with having a fully cyberized body, he says something the lines of, like, ah, oh, well, you know, if you really think about it, like, humans have essentially become cyborgs because we're, like, so dependent on technology now. Like, even just something... That's so-
2: it's basically the idea... Yeah, it's the idea that your computer is pretty much always at the ready, which connects you to the Internet in and of itself. There are people who have pacemakers and artificial, like, organs inside of them, which in itself already makes them... Kinda cybernetic as it Shut is. Shut up, Elon Musk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I
1: mean. Uh, I, it, it really, it really, once again, it really is worth for us to know. Has a good point.
2: <laughs> so, like. What kind of shit is he smoking? Because it's not, like, unprocessed from the lab cannabis. Underage
3: girl. Ah. <sighs> uh,
2: Uh, (laughs) Imagine the imagine the joints you can roll out of her joints.
3: If you used her to open a beer, would it be cracking a cold? What opened with the girls? Oh my god! (sighs) (laughs) My (laughs)
2: damn (laughs) corner! Oh, oh man!
3: This is oh.
4: Ooh! I've been
3: betrayed by my own my own boyfriend. I almost said I've been betrayed by my own husband. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, Psycho.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, really, uh, but yeah, I really, didn't like Charlie Kempel's performance. He he had the rant level, just like very unsettling.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And then lastly, and this the top, we had David Wall. Dude, like, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's David Wall, dude. Is there really anything bad I... can say about him? A part of him. there
2: there are there are some actors where it's like okay they're not always going to be good for the role but I feel like David Wald is just kind of like perfect at exactly what he needs to give for the role and sometimes it's just he's just your friend, like, your friendly good old, like, dad. Sometimes he's your psychotic, closeted uh, politician who's secretly, like, a freaky alter ego skater homosexual. And sometimes. I, forgot who, I almost
3: forgot a, who that was for a second. <laughs> and
2: sometimes he is just fucking intimidating and scary as shit. Like. This is the guy at your book club that you can tell definitely has some skeletons in his closets. But he has a very compelling screen presence to him. Like, he's very interesting design, and you can definitely tell that, like, uh, Makashima genuinely does respect and admire him, and which in itself makes it interesting, like an interesting counterpart to bounce off of. It really is just, like, are there bad David Wald performances? There might be ones that are good compared to great or fantastic, but I'm not sure there's one I would ever describe as a bad or poor performance from one David Wald.
1: Mm. Uh, But yeah, I really uh, really didn't like him here. He, uh, uh, He had the, like, right level of, like, uh, Minutes to it, and also just, you know, uh, kind of being a little on the casual side, mostly when he's, like, around this kind of talking shop with Makashima when they're, like, scheming up things.
2: He also seems like a guy who can talk shit, but also back it up and take the hits, too.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah I did like the whole bit where he's, like, talking with uh, where he's, like, uh, you know, talking with Makashima about, like, the nature of the city and you how Makashima's kind of remarking about how he thinks it's kind of a parody of all the books he's read. And then Makashima throws some recommendation.
2: The fact that he is literally like, okay, this this society is a parody of books I have read. And it made me think about, you know what? We are in a dystopia, but we are not in an overly dramatized, like, noticeably fucked up dystopia. No, we are in an incredibly stupid and corporate dystopia. Uh.
3: Every Every day, Rian Johnson wakes up and sees the bird app and goes <sighs> as a dodgeball hits him in the face.
2: Like, I, as soon as I read the shit about the fact that he used <clears throat> Tesla money to build a fucking glass house, and it's like, what the fuck is parody anymore? <laughs> it's it, it. Uh, God, comedy writers are like, fuck me. It, and it makes me think of, like, there are just some writers who have actively apologized for predicting the future so right. Like, Hideo Kojima is just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm so right. I'm not trying to be.
3: Why everybody so woozy? Uh...
2: He's fine. He's hanging out with all the cool Hollywood celebrities and digitizing them in a responsible, non-David Cage way.
3: Uh, the, one,
2: Dave-
3: the one, The one, the one kind of awkward thing. I, I guess I would say, and this is more on the fault of the show, is I don't necessarily know how much I like the idea of one of like the major antagonist characters. Like, that is, like, one of the few only foreign characters being Korean, given things. Mm, yeah.
2: I get... I get... That is a fair thing. I at least get the impression that that in itself did play some parts to being rejected by the society in and of itself. But I can at least say that this season in itself doesn't seem to go too far into it. It's mostly just kind of, like, a neat little... Oh yeah, no. This guy's a, a foreigner who felt ostracized, and then wanted to turn turn society on its head. Uh,
1: yeah, cause one, yeah, because what? aspect that isn't like brought up heavily, but is just something that is kind of interesting about the way society wants in its universe. Is that, is that apparently like the, fut- the future in which it takes place in? Is that like Japan has kind of gone back to being like very isolationist, so like there aren't a whole lot of foreigners in the country now.
2: So basically, they told Matthew Perry to suck a dick. <laughs>
3: That's a very specific reference. Yep.
2: Is it though? It's just yeah. history <laughs> of the world and yep. of Japan. Uh,
1: so yeah, so in that, mind you can kind of see how this guy would feel very out of place, and that really does come across in uh, David Wong's performance. I feel.
2: I also love the fact that he's just filming the truth of this, and is like, "Oh man, this shit's gonna go on World Star." <laughs> oh
4: man, this is gonna go over
1: uh.
3: so well on. Uh, he, uh, he
1: was so close.
3: And then the brain machine it, came and yelled at him.
1: <laughs> it really
2: is kind of funny that you could just say that a lot of the antagonists in this are very much Redditors. And then I joked, and then literally in episode 19, there is a form that is literally people scorned and, like, faux intellectuals who are like hey if you did try to overturn this society how would you do it
3: (laughs) am I the asshole for breaking into the ministry of defense and trying to figure out how the civil system works (laughs) Uh. I mean kinda hashtag
0: bradyac
1: was there anything you
0: wanted to add Patrick (laughs) ah no it's David Walt. David Walt do good
3: <laughs> right, I very much do like that this was a mix of kind of his older voice and his more younger sounding voice, so there's that.
1: Uh, uh, uh yeah. oh so, uh, yeah, with like a good kind of mid range even wall. But uh, yeah uh but yeah, I thought all I thought all four of these actors did a pretty good job for their characters. And uh, all the, and I thought all of them kind of had like some pretty interesting commentary with like what they represented. And uh, with that, we can uh, start moving on into some of our major characters. Uh, going into uh, the members of the WMPSD with our enforcers and inspectors. So we have uh, Nobushika Gunaza, Tomomi Masaoka, Shisei Kagari, Chiyan Yoyoi Yagori Kunizuka, Kase and the Dominator, for uh, reasons we're about to get to in a moment. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so, uh, so Kinaza is, uh, so is uh, the other inspector in the County Division, and uh, he uh, he he kind of has a second about all the time. He's he's a very just got kind of a very stern guy.
3: He doesn't have a stick up his ass. He has a redwood tree.
2: <laughs> he's got a lot of he's got a lot to prove with not a lot to show for it.
3: Uh, his also his character arc can be summed up uh by uh the third movie in a very influential uh spy movie trilogy. Daddy Daddy <laughs> wasn't there to take me to the fair.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it has uh, a very deep seated daddy issues, which brings us to uh t- Mazoka, who, uh, sorry, uh who's, uh, who's one of the enforcers, and used and uh, used to be kind of an old, uh, used to be kind of an old beat cop, but uh, when uh, the whole white like, psychopath system came around, uh, he had a bit of a hard time adjusting to it, and uh, that kind of ended up uh, getting him labeled with a high crime coefficient, and so he got thrown in with the enforcers.
2: This show very much has a lot of commentary about the fact that, like. It The people who get too close to the crime and get too involved are the ones who have to go down a dark path, and in turn, society judges those who do their job too good as a detective to be on the path to becoming a criminal.
3: Despite the dependence that they all have on them.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it really is very much a... Uh, we are desperate to have your labor, but we will dehumanize you in a way that makes you necessary.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, continuing, uh, so, uh, continuing Kagari is another enforcer who was uh, uh, who basically uh, got flagged by the system when he was actually, like, a child and uh, has basically uh, been stuck uh, working as an enforcer ever since. So... Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, that would would kind of mess you up if you're starting as an enforcer as you are a literal teenager.
1: Uh, Yeah, so he acts very casual, but he's, like, uh, very, clearly bitter about his circumstances. He's bitter, but
2: he is probably, like, the closest to being, like, okay with being a domesticated dog. Mostly just because... He didn't know what it was like to be on the outside. Most of his life has just always been being the dog reporting to another master.
4: Mm.
3: That's why he dies first.
1: <laughs> he dies first, uh, yes. I do, do. And do. Uh, and then and, uh, and, and, uh, Cheon so, and, and is basically just our resident tech person. And doesn't have quite as and
2: much... absolute chaotic bisexual. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> oh, right. oh, I really do just appreciate how her character is introduced.
2: Oh, the fact that she is introduced by the fact that, like... Uh, Akane just walks in after her and Yayoi have finished boning, and that's the first time you meet Shion, is you see the shot of the st- of the fucking, like, slutty stocking going back on, and then it's like, hey, what up?
3: Hey, so I'm like, your tech patrol. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the last episode, you just see her smoking on the bed after she and Yayoi have, uh, cleaned each other's carpets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh,
0: yes. And then there's Yayoi. Do I make the joke now? Do it. So, literally, after when we were in the group chat um, earlier today, um, Megan was pretty much, oh, yeah, Yayoi is basically a lesbian, isn't she? And I post a gift of Keeping my lips it. And she, she DMs me, just like, oh god, she dies, doesn't she? And I'm just like, ah! Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. You may as well call her Hoover, because she be cleaning <laughs> carpet.
3: And then I proceeded to send him the gift of the Mega Maid from fucking Spaceballs.
2: God, I I, I I like that you also had that thought because man, when I first watched the show, I could not believe that Yayoi survived. Mm. Fucking good Congrats on her. Congrats to Denner
3: for not burying his gays. Mm.
2: In fact, they're burying themselves at each other.
3: Oh yeah, uh,
1: but yeah, Yayo is another enforcer uh, and a former musician uh who uh who uh more or less gets roped into it kind of um somewhere in calgary where she kind of doesn't really have much say in the matter and then uh Kase, and then, uh Kase is uh the is uh the chief of the w p s b and uh seems to be and uh seems to be just be kind of a very stern, uh police chief uh but uh she has uh quite a bit going on there as uh, so we discovered in the second half of the show, she is, uh, uh, she is in fact, a cyborg. And uh, specifically, she is a... Uh, She's c- the
3: brains of the operation. Yeah,
1: she... So... <laughs> yeah, she is one of the many minds of the civil system.
2: It's, it's less accurate to say that Chief Kase is an individual, and it is more accurate to say that she is the Geth unit legion.
1: Yep, uh, which Wesley brings us to the Dominator, which uh, initially we think is just, you know, some sort of, like, very helpful Alexa voice. Just, you know, help, uh, helping Akane to kind of use the Dominator correctly and all that. Uh, but uh, we found out that, that voice isn't just, you know, your Alexa voice. It is, uh, in fact, the voice of the civil System, which... Uh,
2: the literal voice of the Hive Mind. Yeah, uh,
1: which, uh, yeah, the civil System is essentially a gigantic Hive Mind. It's specifically a giant hive mind like former Ed's Lords, which is just
2: amazing. It is literally a hive mind of fucking freakazoids and sociopaths. Every day, the civil basically... system
3: wakes up and eats a hot bowl of hatred.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so the yeah, civil um...
3: system is behind the push.
2: So yeah. There's a lot going on here. Let's go into it.
1: So I'm going to so I'm gonna get to who plays these characters. Uh, for Ginoza, we have Jesse James Grilly. For Matsoka, we have Jason Douglas. For Kagari, we have Scott Freeman. For Katamore, we have Lydia McKay. For Yanyo, we have Lindsay Sadell. For Kase, we have Linda Leonard. And for The Dominator, we have Stephanie Young. Uh, Jesse James has played such characters as Wolfgang Minnermeyer and *Wizards of the Galactic Heroes and Noe Theft Teza. F.A.F.T. and Blood Blockade Battlefront and Armin Arlet and Attack on Titan. Uh, Jason Douglas has played such characters as Swords and Midland Sokka. Masa Mikoto and After the raid and Beerus and Dragon Ball Super. Scott Freeman has played such characters as The awesome in One Piece, Pixel and Fairytale and Star Trek and Toriko. Lenny McKay has such characters as Madame Bread and Black Butler. Rei Takashima in Damon Wonderland, and you know, everyone's least controversial character, Old and in Fairy Tale. Lizzie said who his characters as Nagisa in Assassin's Classroom, Akata Senjo in SSS's Grid and Maya Faye in Ace Attorney, Linda Lenard, who his characters as Marpa in Marie the Virgin Witch, Ajiko Hojo with Sagarlop, and Karuko Hosui in Robotics Notes. And lastly, Stephanie Young the youngest, its characters as you can Robin in One Piece, Claire and Claymore, and uh, most relevant to this conversation, and pretty much the reason I'm sure she got cast in here, uh, Joey is in Eden of the East.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah, I can see it. Uh, yeah, I really, I really love how Eden of the East and this, we do have the same choice, but just in kind of vitally different ways.
3: So when I came into this show, I did not expect my favorite character to be the emotional support boomer. <laughs> <laughs> um I love Masoka. I love him so much. I'm so mad that he fucking dies.
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like it'd probably just talk about David. The okay boomer either. went
3: boom.
2: The boomer went boom. oh
3: my god. He got blown up for his son, What a good dad. Yeah. Like, I I love him. Because he is just like the most like fucking old man of the group besides Ko- a- Kogami, who is also like a sixty year old dude and a twenty man a twenty year old sausage, and all he wants to do is go back to the old ways and he kind of hates the civil system, took like everything away from him about how to be a detective. But what was worse was like you can tell that the biggest thing that it did was took him away from his son, who who, like, it is the worst-held twist in this entire show that, uh, Ginoza is Masuoka's son. Like, it is such a bad secret because there's a, there's a really great part where, um, Ginoza is talking to Kase, and they're talking about how, uh, latent criminal, being a latent criminal can't be passed down genetically yet, or they don't know it, which is an actual thing that some people think, like, Serial killers with kids can pass on their like serial killerness to their kids. But like there's just this genuine attempt to reach out by Masaoka that just keeps getting brushed off by Jesse James Grill's ginoza that feels so natural and so much like a a a cat's cradle situation.
2: Oh, hundred percent.
3: And Jason Douglas having both the the scruffy old man who doesn't understand shit. But also the the dad trying to reconnect with his son is so good, and I genuinely love the part where uh, they're going to fight the VTubers, and and he's got the alcohol bottle, and he's like, I'm gonna need this for this, and 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 um.
2: And then he gets a lighter. Yeah,
3: and Sunamori, who has never seen a bottle of actual alcohol in her life, is so fucking confused by this. That when she's presented actual alcohol to drink, she's like, "Wait, you're not gonna bloop like breathe fire with this?" And and and, and, Kag- and, and just
2: like, "No, you drink you this. You drink
3: this, you fucking idiot." <laughs> um, God, you ignorant slut. Um, but like, I I just adore Jason Douglas, and, and I love Jason Douglas as like random dads. You know, like the time where he was soccer as dad in Cardcaptor Sakura Clear Card arc. And you know everyone's favorite dead dragon dad, Nevin. Yeah, remember that, bitches? Mm,
2: uh, oh God, yeah, I actually forgot that was Jason Douglas.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll let you guys go on, because I don't want to like just talk about everybody at once and like dominate the conversation.
1: Yeah, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I do, uh, but, yeah, I do like I did like Jason Douglas as uh, a lot. Watt. Uh, I really did like that he kind of gave off the air with a guy who's kind of like been around the block for a long time, and uh, definitely kind of knows who he is, but can also be like pretty friendly, and I do kind of appreciate that he, that like, that's a Kokomi, he is probably like the one person who kind of talks down to Akane the least early on, which is something I definitely appreciate.
2: It's very clear that he sees, like, he is a mentor that has seen the struggle, has seen the people, like Akane is not his first rodeo with a young rookie. But it is clear that he does he knows how to play the game now that he wants to prepare them. And he's actually it's very clear he stands up for her a lot throughout the show, even from his own kid who is sometimes a little unreasonable about His work. son
3: is kind of an asshole. A lot.
2: He's kind of an asshole, but it's also very clear that Genaza himself Has a lot of issues, as it's very clear that, like, the natural charisma of being a competent, like, detective is not something that comes naturally to him. And unlike his co workers, he is afraid to fall down the hole and potentially never come back. Mm. And, like, his whole arc is effectively learning to come to terms with if he lets himself fall, then he will actually be free. Which I actually think is really interesting and think that is a fun good development as the series does progress in that regard.
0: I am cringe, but I am free. And I
2: think Jesse is absolutely he is cringe, but he is free. And I think Jesse, uh, she absolutely just does a great job at playing what is basically uh, Byakuya Togami as a cop.
1: Uh, uh, more, uh, more or less. I, I yeah, I really do like him. Before he doesn't really. It, it's a kind of thing he out that really well, and I really do like how while energy that's making Ginza just come up as like incredibly stodgy and condescending into in the workplace.
2: But it's also clear that like there is a level of like frustration and complexity to Ginza as a character. And also you can tell that struggle is real. That when he actually feels like he has kind of found a way to make things work and then is outsmarted by the looming eye of Big Brother Sybil, that, yeah, it just kind of falls apart with the, uh... Yeah, no, uh, she's absolutely incredible and very heartbreaking at watching uh, Papa Masaoka pass away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: which also got yeah. Jason Douglas is just very good, grizzled dad voice. It's a very good to- It's a very good range for him, and it just comes naturally for a character like Masaoka And it's honestly probably like one of my favorite performances of Jason Douglas's because he's basically playing. Also, now that I think about it, fuck. He does kind of. I was gonna make a joke because I couldn't work it a- in. He does kind of look like cyberpunk Columbo in a way.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Just one more thing.
2: He, He's not quite as good of a wife guy as Columbo because he very much kind of did the old detective thing of uh, being a bad family man. Which, it feels kind of telling that to be a good cop, you have to be a bad person. And to be a bad cop, you have to be... human? Uh, uh, I'm just gonna take this sip of water. Mm.
3: Patrick, what are your thoughts?
0: Like, they... So, Jason Douglas and Jesse had really good dynamic with one another. Um, I... I love the Hedgehog's Dilemma with Ginoza. Where he doesn't...
2: What is the Hedgehog's Dilemma?
0: The Hedgehog's Dilemma is basically the fact that, you know, a Hedgehog has spines, and if you let people too close to you, they'll get pricked by the spines. Ginoza is so Mm. thorny, he can't let people get close to him, because he would hurt them. Yeah. See where I'm going?
2: Yeah, that's... Mm Yeah, I see where you're going with this, yeah.
3: But also, in a sense, he also doesn't want to hurt himself, because he lives in a society that says, if you're... If you do, if you even have these thoughts over a certain level, we're gonna literally throw you in a fucking institution.
2: It does feel like that there is a level of, like you see a lot of people who don't care that 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 are either like so obsessed with there are people, a lot of the people in this show are people who don't care if they fall or are just kind of like medically lucky in a way that the system doesn't tip them off and is basically just what happens when a normal person who is truly anxious about being too close at fear of winding up like his own father, and the levels of like restraints and like there, there is something you said, you described earlier. You described this about Akane as a joke when you were starting to watch the show, Megan. That you mentioned Akane is basically the gifted kid burnt out right after right after school.
3: That's Genosa.
2: Ginaza is actually the burnt-out, gifted kid, years later, who is depressed, anxious, and probably doing a lot of drugs to cope. Yes. That is what Ginaza is, and I actually do think that's pretty interesting in and of itself. I think Jesse is really good at compelling- as comparing all of that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, interesting characters and... I
3: just want to hear more about rip. Patrick on the Hedgehog's dilemma stuff.
0: Mm. I mean, the, the If you th- have any more. That's it. Like... Oh, okay. Gina's as prickly because he doesn't want to hurt the people around him or himself.
1: For sure. yeah... So, uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I really do like these two. I really like these two together. Especially like uh, they probably their first like big conversation on the rooftop. I thought that whole, I uh, thought that whole. Oh,
2: I think that that yeah, that think is
1: great. There's like, uh, you can just really feel there's just a whole bunch of like pent up resentment there, and it's just Jesse gets it across so well. It's great.
3: Mm-hmm. If there's one thing I know about yeah, that... Jesse's personal life, is that Jesse's partner fucking loves psychopaths. By the way. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, I feel like I've seen them tweet very regularly whenever there's a lot of stuff about uh, Jesse's work. They always want to bring up Ginaza because, you know what? Yeah, Ginaza's a very interesting, compelling character, and also he is a not unattractive man, especially once he grows as a character and gets a ponytail. That does it for some people. Mm
3: You're not getting my answer out of me yet.
2: (laughs) I know, I know, but fuck me, do I at least want to poke the Mm. bear a little. Which, um, I I, I guess I could move on to uh, Kagari, which I will say, he is very much a plucky anime boy character in a setting that very much wants to chew those kinds of characters up and spit them out into the hive mind of the brains. I I th- I think I think Scott does a, does a decent enough job at making all that come across for a character who's kind of like a plucky, f- like show almost shonen free spirit in what is a dystopian sci-fi environment. And no, I, I think they do a solid job at making all of that come across. Yeah, puts life into coggery before there is no longer any life left
1: to
3: or give body.
1: Yeah, yep, 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 yep. I thought the performance there was solid, and good job. Uh, good job coming across to the guy who, uh, you know, Matt's very gentle and friendly, but it's just, like, uh, clearly very not happy about his circumstances. Like, I like I suppose we like the conversation uh, he has in episode two with Akane, where she's, like, uh, where she's, like, opening up to him about, like, her not really being sure if he's doing a for a job, and him kind of, like, and him kind of, like, you know, trying to play it off, but also kind of, like, a little... Angry that she.
2: Envious about the fact that she is a privileged bitch. Yeah, yeah,
1: envious about the fact that she has choice as well. He just really doesn't.
2: He is a domesticated hunting dog that most. He gets to play with all the toys he wants to, but he has no real freedom because he's stuck in the cage. Which. But it's clear the character is seen as like a, a good guy. And a loyal partner, which makes it, when it's like, when he goes missing, they're like, why the fuck would he run off, though? That doesn't make any sense. Why are we spending so much time on this? Something's going on. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
2: But no, I think the performance is solid and very much absolutely fitting for a character like yeah, Kagari.
0: I just don't have much to say about it, personally. Yeah,
3: I, that's, I will agree that's fair. With the performance being good, and I would just like to leave it at that.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Rip and piss Coggery. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh.
4: Yeah,
3: at least they at least they didn't blow him up into smithereens like poor uh David Wald's guy. He just got disintegrated.
2: There are so many characters where it's, who just get turned into balloon chunks. Like it's it, it, not some like body horror shit where it's like you get one beam and then you just become soup.
3: Oh, yeah, I think I you can actually Shindai-ru.
0: see Noni?
2: It is very Obaiwa Shinderu, yeah. Yeah, I
3: think you can see, like, uh, David Wald's guy's, like, spine sticking out of him. Uh, When he goes. You
2: see a little bit of his eyeball when you get his camera POV. Uh, So gay rights...
1: Yeah, Yeah, I feel like you could probably talk (laughs) about these two together.
2: (laughs) So gay rights is a thing. And... I can't say they do a fantastic job of giving Yayoi a lot to do. They give her a whole episode, which I appreciate they give her a whole episode. That is also apparently the only episode of season one that Urobuchi didn't write. But you know what? I'm glad Yayoi got an episode. And I'm glad we get to learn about her uh, terrorist ex-GF. And the fact that she's really good at figuring.
0: I did not know that this was the only episode Orobuchi did not himself write which given the whole trajectory of that episode actually kinda tracks cause it's just like oh yeah I'm this anarchist musician you might be good as a cop hell no I'll give you guitar strings fucking sign me up
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be a cop. You can get a free hot dog at Nathan's. Sign me up for the force, sir.
2: You think I'll let? I'm hmm. sorry. We're not.
3: You can get free clams at the let Red Lobster.
2: Okay. Good. Good. This joke mm-hmm. has been salvaged. Uh, well played. Yeah, I did Good work, think That team.
1: whole episode was interesting because because um, uh, uh, that's what you're We that's with While she did have like the offer of guitar strings. Uh, she was. Uh, she was. Uh, she was. uh Honestly, more or less, kind of coerced into joining. Like, there wasn't really much choice there.
2: Authorized music does sound fucking lame. There bro. is.
3: There is something to be said about the fact that even in that world, that you can't even be an artist without the state like sanctioning you.
2: Oh, there. There's a lot to be said about art, where mm. it's like
3: because even um. <laughs> Rikako's dad was also a state-sanctioned artist.
2: But it's, like, very clear that kind of wound up biting him in the ass, and... Like, a lot of the... Like, I, I think about the what art critic that, uh, Kagami, that uh, Kagami goes to, who I'm, like, pretty sure was David Matranga. I don't think he actually did any crime. He's just kind of like a fucking art... He's just kind of like a hyper-art aficionado who really likes tattooing himself.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I got put in jail because I have too many tattoos. Um,
2: Put in jail because unlike everybody else here, I got tats on my nuts.
3: Oh, God, that just sounds uncomfortable. Mm. And I don't have nuts. It's the sensation
2: of, hey, what if that specific needle is going to the most sensitive spots on your body and then rewiring it so that it looks like a cool picture?
3: Andrew, do you secretly want your nuts tattooed?
2: Fucking no. I'm just explaining how this seems like a guy who would be unafraid of having a tramp stamp on his balls.
1: Uh, man. Uh well, I, like literally just even imagine that it's like hurting me once with on?
2: <laughs> Good. Good.
3: Why do you, um, why do I have to Alright. I have to go to the corner? for making a joke, but Andrew's here talking about his nuts getting needled.
2: I'm not talking about... Oh Christ. Alright, this this is already de- de- derailed. Abruptly. Okay, I was
1: in too much psychic pain. I was in too much psychic pain to send him to the court.
2: Fair goal. enough. Anyway, shall we continue to talk about the gays mm-hmm. again? And how I can't believe Yayoi survived this show. Yeah? I, I'm not sure if it's luck. Or if it's just they didn't really have a lot for her to do.
1: Uh, uh, probably uh, probably a little of both. Like outside of her I own can't episode argue I feel like with the that. Yeah, like outside of her own episode, I think like the biggest sport she probably has is like so I think it's like either the last episode or the second last episode where she just kind of like has a brief conversation with Akane about how like uh oh, she wasn't really sure if she could trust Akane with the job at first now. And how she's kind of like toughened up over the courts of the show.
2: I'm told she does get a character arc later on, but I'm not sure if that stuff has been dubbed yet or not. Though I will say, listening to Lindsay Seidel's performance, this is just lesbian Nagisa. Straight up.
4: Mm. Yeah.
3: And before anybody just says, oh, well, lesbian Nagisa is actually Nagisa, I will personally find you and smack you for disrespecting Nagisa from Assassination Classroom's character arc so fast.
2: It's specifically the fact that, like, it is that same, it is that same deep, like, androgynous, maybe leaning a little towards on the masculine side of Lindsay's typical register that is different than, like, a lot of the the performances I would typically associate with her. And I think she does a really good job playing a character I don't typically hear her play. Hmm. And Yayoi's cool. I like her. I'm glad this funky little lesbian survived the Ura Butcher. <laughs> that is genuinely an accomplishment.
3: I mean, if the lesbian doesn't survive the Ura Butcher, she'll just become God.
0: Or a uh, sword. Uh,
1: that Which,
0: Crunchyroll, dub Thunderbolt Fantasy, you cowards.
3: What the- wait-
2: Oh my god, what the fuck is Thunderbolt Fantasy? A
3: lot, Andrew. A lot.
1: Uh,
3: I, I, I thought that was still Madoka, and then you're like, oh, what do you mean? They be- oh my god. Uh, okay. yeah,
1: uh, so, uh, there's, Andrew, there's so don't you know that
3: at the end of every lesbian's life cycle, they turn into an inanimate object for their partner to use? That's just what happens.
1: Uh, I mean, hey, that's It how can
3: how be it a is. car, it can be a sword, can be a dildo.
2: It could be a guitar, so you can work on your fingering skill, sweetie. You were fine, but I got to be honest, it didn't do anything for me.
4: Circle.
2: Where are we going with this? Fuck uh... me! i have like, I like blanked, and I'm like, oh god, there's so many potential jokes here, but I don't know where I'm going with this. So let's just talk about the fact that Lydia McKay is fucking Linda great.
0: Leonard is good.
2: Oh, I was going with Lydia because we hadn't had talked about Lydia yet. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, it's uh, oh, yeah. Lydia. Okay. Yep. Yep. Never mind. I read the yep. wrong part. Oh, and, okay. In
2: your defense, these three characters are lined up next to each other, and they are Lydia, Lindsay, and Linda. I can see the confusion.
3: We need to get everybody with an L name that's a woman in the office. <laughs>
2: Look, let's just talk about the fact that in Dub Talk, there is Jared, Jarrett, Jaris. Like, yeah, let's let's talk about is the fact Jared? that they're great.
3: No, I know Jarrett and Jared. Who's Jarrett? That's thing I,
2: I, I was confusing Jarrett.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: you know what I appreciate the save for me buddy I, I you know what yeah okay yeah, yeah uh, the floors for your talk about our little uh our funky bisexual flirt oh, oh you
1: see, uh, yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah do a lot of fun here
0: like good on the show for having like a chaotic horny lesbian character or I'm sorry bisexual character. Who's not, like, completely overbearing?
2: It's very clear that she is actively not, like, creeping on anybody that doesn't want it. It's very much the fact that, like, Kokomi is trying to get on her good side for a favor. And she's just like, honey, I want you to know Flattery will get you everywhere with me. What do you want? (laughs)
0: Like she if you think that me. I'm a... S- oh, no, if
3: you think that I'm a slut for donuts, you're right. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it's, uh, it's... Go ahead. It's great. She's, like, a flirt with everybody, but it's also just, like...
2: It's clear that she is not a, uh... She is not a, uh... Oh, my God, what's that bitch from Bleach's name? Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 uh, I know
2: you know what? She doesn't even get her name. She is that bleach from that bleach from bitches. That, oh my god! That's <laughs> uh, so, uh,
1: yeah. You're yeah. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, it's funny you said I don't, Yeah, I I know what's going to talking about that. I don't. Yeah, of course you do.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, let's
2: put it like this: She stops mattering because she doesn't get a sword. That's how it works in Bleach.
0: It's just great to see like a a horny girl who is into girls, not be a creeper in an anime.
1: Uh, that's always nice. Mm-hmm. And to live! It helps that she yeah, lives! That too. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, I like Lydia, I uh, like Lady and uh, she sounds fun.
2: Oh yeah, no, she is an absolute delight, and uh, she is a very welcome addition. She's a welcome, colorful addition to what is kind of like this very dark, gr- or gritty cast of characters. and yeah.
3: I didn't get to say... Uh, 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 no, go uh, ahead, finish your thoughts first.
0: Lydia also kind of gets the sort of morbid sense of humor Shion has.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, it's very clear that there is a... that they are jokey about the situation, because sometimes... You, you make jokes to make the fucked up situation a little less yeah. fucked up. But it's definitely not like a, this is not prime time and they are not like, they are not going for the pun and putting the sunglasses on. It's just, oh, we can make a little crack wise and then it's going to be quiet and awkward as we continue the story, which is how it typically would go. And yeah, I think I think for sure Shion gets that particular element of it a lot. Uh, what
1: were we yeah. gonna say, Megan?
3: Yeah, I hadn't gotten to give my thoughts a lot on Lindsay else performance. And this is a performance that I'm actually not super used to her doing. And it just reminded me of, like, how talented she actually is. I remember earlier this year, somebody told me that, like... Oh, God. Somebody said to me that she was a one-trick pony. What the fuck? Yeah... Wow. Yeah, this is regarding to her being cast in another show that the girls are going to be talking about uh, coming up soon. But they they kind of had, like, they were saying, like, she was a one-trick pony. And I was like, are you fucking high, my guy? Like, no, she's super great in this. And I genuinely like that she is a little bit more masculine with her tone. Uh, Especially because I don't... Like, a lot of people said a lot of... I think a lot of people really only know her more masculine tone when she is playing, you know, Nagisa from Assassination Classroom, who is a middle school boy and not an adult woman. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I usually really like about this is, with a lot of female characters, is when people give them more gruffer voices. Not just a more pretty and feminine voice, but, like, letting their voices have more texture... Because not every cute anime girl is going to have that say moe moe kun voice, even if they, like... And they do this with a lot of adult or tom- more tomboy characters. And it doesn't always work for me vocally. So I really appreciate Lindsay's uh, performance there. And just, I think Lydia McKay steals the show whenever she owns on screen. Just because she's just... She's not hammy, but it's very much... She's got the big personality to ma- in her voice to match up with the character's doing. And I, I very much like when she's like... Yeah, I'd sleep with you, but you're not my type. But I'm not your type. Here you go, Kogami! Because, frankly, I think that Kogami sometimes has the personality of cooked rice. Um, Ooh. I, I, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I don't find Kogami attractive. It, the personality doesn't do it for me. Mm. Oh, that's fair. Like, I get that he's hot, and I get that he... You could, like, you know, wash a load... You
2: could grind meat you on that. You could both
3: wash your laundry and make, like, steak tartare on him. Yep. But we'll get to Kogami. But you're not we'll about We'll get that. to Kogami when we get to Kogumi. Um. But... <laughs> I really like her, and then let's talk about everyone's worst boss ever.
1: Ah, yeah. Uh, (laughs)
3: Like, this woman, this woman, like, robot thing, I think was poor, poor fucking, um, (laughs) poor fucking Jessie is getting, getting her, her character's balls yanked by this thing. Shh.
2: Guinnessa is getting hardcore gaslit yeah. throughout the entirety of the show by Chief Gase.
1: Uh Yeah, I really do like his performance a lot. I'm not sure if it's—I can't remember if it's the first thing I ever heard Linda, but I'm, but it's definitely, but it's definitely.
2: It was probably the first thing I would say I heard Linda. Yeah, pe- yeah, Leonard but it, and, yeah,
1: you know. it, it, it's a pretty performance of her to kind of like six out the most of me. I I really dig it. so, uh, to It's uh
2: because I, th- I think it's that, it's like strict old woman boss authoritative figure, but also it gets to be conniving and even malicious at times.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, and it definitely is a very kind of no, and yeah, I really watch it as a lot of like very no-nonsense uh, going on with her total all the time and when it gets on across really well. And, and, you know, definitely very authoritative whenever it comes to, you know, doing with characters like and whatnot, just uh, that's a very commanding tone in her voice. So, uh, but, so, uh, but then, you know, when we get the whole like Symbol and, and so, uh, whatever and uh, whenever she has an actor symbol, you can hear Linda kind of not going like maybe full head, but there's a bit like a bit more energy to the performance I appreciate. And uh of energy, like it is a very kind of silly thing, it's just something I really appreciate, like that so, uh, when we get into the whole like plot and the whole plot about uh, her wanting uh, Makashima to like become part of the symbol system, and she's thus like telling all the other characters to like bring Makashima back alive, I really just love like the way the very specific way that is. says, "Make sure you bring him back to be alive." It's just it's beautiful.
2: It does <laughs> yeah. sound very diabolical, which man. The fucking book literally being thrown back at her (laughs)
3: is... I fucking cackled, I'm sorry. That was hysterical.
2: It was the most I know... is the most Gen Urobuchi has ever said, I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards to literally throw the book back in the chief of police's face.
3: Yeah, it's like when Legion tries Legion's trying to argue with the big bad and Legion and the big bad's like, "No, fuck you, Legion."
2: okay. No. No. Don't diss my boy Legion like that. No, what you're actually talking about is him talking to a reaper. That's what you're going for. What the
3: fuck is a reaper?
2: Okay, this this Mass Effect analogy is absolutely getting lost on the group right now, so I'm going to back off.
3: I'm sorry, I never played Ass Effect. Not in that the game is ass, but there's a lot of ass in it.
2: Oh, no, I've seen it. I've seen parody videos from the 2010s. I remember that there was basically, like, Machinima-based Mass Effect YouTube poops, basically. My friend! Whoa, bang, okay?
0: My boy. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway.
2: Anyways, Linda's good. But also, yeah, like, it's a very distinct role, because not only is it just, like, the tough, authoritative lady is like, yeah, no. There is, like, a moment where she just straight up um, drops face and just almost kills Kogami right in front of, like, several of the co-workers. Just cause.
0: Yeah, I don't give a shit.
2: Just cause.
3: Because because it's like, you're getting in the way of my fucking plan. God, guys.
2: Bro, you know how fucking good it's going to feel to have that fucking psychotic Redditor brain inside of us?
3: Can I say something very cursed and you, get Patrick can send me to the corner after?
0: Fine.
2: Oh, Go for it.
3: I hate, I feel physical pain of what I'm about to say.
0: Do it, do it.
1: Hit me, bitch. (laughs) I'm
3: getting to it. I gotta build myself up to it. Koshi is the chief's name, right?
2: Uh, Kase. Kase.
3: (sighs) But, guys, he just has a demon mode, and sometimes it's a little bad. I just want him to put his neural link into me.
0: (sighs) Ah.
4: I I feel
2: physical pain. Oh, Lordy.
3: We tested it on sick monkeys.
2: Oh, 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 it took me a second. I was like, oh, fuck me. It's
3: just Grimes in Makashima, is Elon. Uh, And she wants his super brain so that they can make another fucked up baby.
0: Kase, 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 Kase stop, stop chewing on your fingers. Stop chewing on your fingers. They're bleeding. Uh.
3: <laughs> this is the most soul-sucked I've ever heard, the two of you. It,
2: it, what? What? What more can I add? What more can I add? It's just... I already have to know he names his kids after fucking equations. And he won't stop ever being the main character. He paid $45 to be a forever main character while he's tripping out of his fucking mind being a fucking conservative nutjob. That's so sad. Like, Urobuchi would get criticized by his editors for writing a character like Elon Musk by saying that's too on the nose. That is the level at which... Fiction is so much stupider than reality, even more. Anyway,
3: go ahead. But uh, uh,
1: yeah. yeah, But yeah, uh, but yeah, Linda. Uh, but yeah, Linda's fun is well, well, fun's not the right word, but Linda's very good as Kansai. and uh, and Conse's uh, yeah, a an interesting character. Does kind of this uh, kind of suck This character since rides off into the sunset, but uh, yeah.
3: A little
0: robot sunset <laughs> and can, I say, of a- can I just say That one thing I really appreciate With Stephanie Young's Dominator performance um, She does a really good job with the robot voice With the gun But that's just Part of it she goes full-on fucking GLaDOS when the mask finally drops.
1: Oh, oh, it, oh it, it is Oh my god, you're right. It is beautiful. Oh
2: my god, you're right, yeah.
3: And if you pass our exam, Sunomori, you will be given a cake.
1: Okay, That's Megan, I just want Sunimori. you to know that actually scared me.
3: What happened, yet?
1: Megan, I just want you to know that actually scared me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Patrick, go ahead. Inspector Tsunemori, please take the weighted companion cube to the incinerator.
2: You just burnt, you just killed your best friend. I hope you're proud of yourself.
0: Your crime coefficient is not going up. What the fuck?
2: (laughs) God, imagine, like, the part in Portal 2 where GLaDOS is a potato but it's just one of the brains just on the end of the portal gun. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Does this make Makashima Wheatley?
4: (laughs) (sighs) Uh,
2: Okay. There, there, there's a there, the, the. Here's the thing about throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks for a fucking dub talk episode. Because sometimes there's just more being thrown than you can physically process has been thrown, and sometimes you just can't even anymore. Sometimes you just can't mm. even anymore.
1: Uh, getting uh, back on topic, I really do. I, I I really do like the way I really do like the performance of the young Gibbs because uh, like while Patrick like because like while Patrick is taking while it is very robotic there is uh, so, uh, so, uh, there is a it is emotive in a way that it's kind of hard to describe in a sense but it's it it's really chilling yeah it is holier
2: than thou knowing you are the be all and all the alpha and the omega. Whatever you are, whatever you say, is law and is therefore God. So whatever whatever God chooses to speak to an individual and reveal the truth so as to get their way, they have to choose somebody who will not rat them out because they know if they rat them out, the system is going to... Society will be more fucked. If they know the truth, it's, and that is why they chose Tsunamori. not because they thought she was weak-willed, but because they knew her, and they're like, you know, that Sybil is still better than the alternative, which will be anarchy. And
0: the thi- oh god, so the thing I love, the scene I love most with the interactions between Tsunamori and the Dominator, it's the argument at the end. Where you can, t- where you can physically tell through Stephanie Young's performance that, like, the collective of Sybil is just like, ah, fuck, we're being played.
2: Like, I, I do kind of love the haunting chorus of Stephanie's, like, robotic yeah. laughs. Oh, 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 yeah,
1: oh, yeah, but, yeah, that whole scene is really unsettling, because it's like... Yeah, yeah, because, like, on the one hand, you really do want to side with a comic way of thinking. But on the other hand, it's just, like, simple as it's, like, completely convinced it's going to win. And it's, like, looking at society now, it's, like, man. Man.
2: <laughs> okay, so I know this is a future editor's problem, but I'm, like, I, I, you could probably just use a like, picture of the Dominator. But... But instead of like a Sybil brain, can we use the brain from evil Concarne instead? <laughs> oh my
3: god. Uh, only if only if the bear from that is holding the gun.
2: Okay, that takes extra editing, but fuck me, that's a Oh Jackson. That, oh my god. <laughs> Alright. Um where the f- Stephanie's really good at sounding horrifying Gladys-y. and y Also, credit to Linda Leonard, because you can actually tell it is slightly different when Tabe takes mm. over compared to the originator or the person who plays the part of Kase more often than not.
3: Whatever Kase is in there. Hello, Makashima. They have told me that this is the voice that you are more attuned to. We were friends once. Here, I've brought you a new book to read. It's Catcher in the Rye.
2: Is it first edition?
3: No, no, it's an ebook.
2: Then you're fucking use. <laughs> and then you're fucking useless to me. I do. I do. It's like I do love the whole conversation Makashima does have with uh, David Walt's character about physical media. Like, About physical media where it's like, he may be a psychotic, mass-murdering, anarchist terrorist, but I mean, he likes physical media, so he's at least morally gray, right? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, I thought Linda Leonard and Stephanie Young were great, especially Stephanie Young as the dominator, because to me, there's just this great part where it's just like the collective laughing at Tsuna and Tsunamori's like, laugh it up now, bitch. I'm gonna fuck your shit up one day. And they're like, haha, she's not serious, right, guys?
2: Haha, haha, please say psych.
3: Yeah. At author's note, Tsunamori was not saying psych. <laughs> uh, I'm good to move on if you guys are. Yeah. Alright. That's up to Jet, he's the host.
1: Alright, uh alright, I guess uh no one else that I do and we can finally move on to our final section of the evening. So it's time to talk
2: our our lead detectives and our uh lead criminal. Yep,
1: uh, talking about our main characters, Will
3: Hannibal and the woman who picked him. <clears throat>
1: uh, yep, uh, so we have our main characters and our main antagonists. We have Akane Sunamori, Shidiokoki, and Shiro Makashima. Uh, Akane is the is a new inspector at the WMPSB. Uh, cause I, uh, like fresh out of college, uh, doesn't really uh, know her way out of know her way around the position too well. And uh, she has a, a pretty uh stressful first day and uh is mostly just kinda of trying to uh, learn blur the job as he goes along. It goes uh, about as well as you would expect. And then uh Kugumi, so, and, and is an enforcer who was a former in, was a former inspector. And so he got a little too obsessed with one case where he was uh trying to hunt down but
2: ma- trying to avenge his old partner. Who kinda
1: know.
3: sucked to be honest.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, his old partner just yeah, he sucks. I like how he's
2: like, yeah, no, he was kind of a sleazeball and an asshole and tried to grab all the co work female co workers' asses. But like Bro, getting turned into art is a bad way to go. Uh, that's a bad
1: way uh, to go. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so he became an enforcer, and he got a little bit too obsessed with trying to knock a down. And, uh, so, and, uh, and uh, yeah, that's kind of his driving, but I'm reaching through, I don't know, the season and kind of balances between that and sort of, like, uh, being another one of uh, Akane's kind of uh, would-be mentors. And then Makashima and then Makishima, especially before, is our main antagonist of the season. Uh, he's got like he's not It's um, okay, yeah, okay, They say he's not a traditional, they say he's not a traditional anarchist, but for, for, for all intents and purposes, he basically is like uh, he has an axe to guard with the system, and a lot of his actions. Most, well, the first half of the show, he's just kind of like encouraging people to, uh. You know, it's kind of encouraging people to find different ways of kind of killing the finite system, and then
2: he basically is the guy who's like, "Okay, here's what you're gonna do. I'm gonna get you the toys, and you use them to your heart's content. And then when I give you a call, you answer the phone."
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, and then during the second half of the show, he's kind of fully dedicated to trying to burn the system down.
2: I. I do think, say, for all we joke about Makashima as a character, I kind of adore the fact that he just very succinctly, almost childishly, kind of admits, I don't want to be one of your psychotic umpires getting pickled in a jar. I want to be one of the players on the field to the bitter end.
3: Mm-hmm. I ain't a pussy.
2: And I can I kind of love that, and I think that makes him extra compelling as an antagonist in the series. Oh, universe. yeah,
3: definitely.
1: Yep. So, uh, getting into who plays these characters for Akane, we have Kate Oxley. For Kukumi, we have Robert McCollum. And for Makashima, we have Alex Organ. Uh, Kate Oxley has played such characters as Misa Crusoe in a certain magical index, Red and Kunahata Kitan, Momo Adasi and, and Peach Girl, and Misaki Kirahara in Darker Than Black. Uh, Robert McCollum is placed as characters as Baki and Baki the Grappler, specifically like uh, the old one from the 2000s. Um, Hot Honda and Barakabon, Goten and Dragon Ball GT, and Shinobu Sensui and Yu Yu Hakusho. And then Ops Organ is placed as characters as Zen O'Brien and Blood Blockade Battlefront, uh, Hakushinbo and Boy and the Beast, Deckham and Death Parade, and Lloyd Forger aka Twilight and Spy Family.
3: Can I finally say the joke I've been stitting on all of my all of my episode?
1: Go ahead.
2: The floor is yours.
3: Okay. So you know that whole meme about you know the meme that's based on the Yu-Gi-Oh card where the person standing in front of the sign in one way goes to like a happy, cheery place and one way goes to like a like scary, spooky place mm-hmm. that's demonished?
4: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Uh so it's a lot of people have used that meme about bronies where it's bronies either become trans or Nazis. It's
2: wild. I have seen that pipeline in real okay. time. It's it's it's
3: So it's like Alex Organ characters based off of his like I I would say outside of Deckham his two other known characters. You either go to Happy Fun Dad Time with Twilight or Demon Reddit Man Murder. Thank
1: you, welcome to my TED Talk. Mm. Uh, but uh, Yeah, I really, do, I, really do, I really do adore Alex's Fakajima. it's it, it really is just a fantastic rendition of a guy who just really thinks he knows better than you.
2: It, everything about it is that this is a man who is so book-read and so book-smart and has basically spent a lot of time figuring all this out. He is a weird loner who has been rejected by the system which in turn means he's been rejected by society but also he kind of is cool with that and he's like you know what if the rules don't apply to me why don't I test to see where those strings finally break. Yeah. And I find that that there is a kind of fascinating conundrum where it's like He's a fucked up guy who wants to turn Society and the system on its head upside down He's not a good person But I almost find it more compelling The fact that he ends this series Being like Man I don't want to be a god That shit sucks I want to have fun While I'm doing all of this And I kind of do like how his last plan Is almost like Winging it Cause you could tell, like the whole thing with the uh, the uh, helmets that read somebody else's uh, psychopaths. That was something that took a lot of time and coordination, a lot of months, time prep and chaos and energy. But then his last plan, he's like, "All right, I just escaped. The system wants my brain. Ah, uh, fuck. What do I do? What do I Starve do?" Starve um, everybody. Oats. <laughs> Fuck your oats.
3: (laughs) Be a shame if uh, your oats were destroyed.
2: Yeah.
0: Plagued you all your horses. Be a shame
2: if all the livestock start. A plague be upon ye horses.
3: Whoa, plague be upon thee.
2: But no, Alex has this very soft-spoken like, book-read college professor to him that this is a guy you've talked about a lot of, like, you've talked about a lot of humanities, you talked about a lot of, like, historical fiction and uh, English literature. Like, this is the kind of guy where it's like, okay, you've probably n- met somebody who on the surface is like this, who probably just isn't as psychotically broken.
3: Mm. Yeah, no, like, to me, I think the best way that, in, in speaking in a show where a character makes... God's amounts of literary references. Um, Alex Organ's performance as Makashima has a very, very Moriarty feeling to it.
2: Oh, it's 100%.
3: In that, like, um, everything that he does is, like, yeah, he's a psychopathic killer, but you're also, he's also so charismatic... That you, you want to believe in what he's saying because of it.
2: You want to believe in his mission, whether or not he even believes in his own mission.
3: Yeah. And it's like, he, a lot of times, has the quality of heartbreaking news, the worst person you know technically has a point. Mm. Because he's kind of right about the system being bullshit like the idea that for so many people that they don't even try anymore to find out like what it is to be alive um they just kind of have placated themselves into an idea of a utopia and i can't believe that it's taken me 2 hours to get to this as a fucking reference everybody it's time for me To bring up the critically acclaimed MMORPG Starter Edition free trial (laughs) for Final (laughs) Fantasy XIV, which will now include the entirety of A Realm Reborn, the award-winning Heavensward, and the second major expansion, Stormblood?
2: God, over two hours in, and this is the first that's coming up. That's restrained. <laughs>
3: oh, oh, it's gonna be funnier when I tell you something about I something I posted in the group chat in about five minutes.
4: Ugh.
3: But this idea that and this is mild spoilers, I'm going to be as vague about it as I can, but this is decent-ish spoilers for Endwalker. Um, uh, the way that the society in Psychopaths is actually very similar to the ancient society in 14, but I think that one's a little bit more fucked up because in that world, people didn't die until they wanted to. But they also view death for anything that was a non human creature as not the same as like a humanoid in that society dying. And a big reason why the plot of Endwalker gets to where it is is because a guy created a being of a basically a hive of little tiny bird girls and he was depressed about all this and said i need you to go out in the universe and tell me what it means to live and he sends them all out and they come back and they have determined that there is no point in living because eventually you're going to die no matter what course you take and some of that feels like it's in in psychopath a little bit, in the sense that Makashima is raging against a system where people's lives are determined by aptitude tests. Where it's like, it, it, it's so weird too that Akane's big thing is that she has she has, and I think like she brings it up herself at one point when she's having um, a flashback. I think talking to her friend that dies and her other friend in that when you have an aptitude so high, when you are this prodigy, um, what's the point in taking an aptitude test? If your aptitude is for everything, this system that's supposed to make it easier to determine what you're good at so that you, you know, don't have to actually put an effort into your life to find what makes you the person that you are, because it's not always what society says is best for you. And Makashima, I think, has a legitimate grievance against this. It's just, you're going about this in the way that you shouldn't. Because, let's be real, you shouldn't be fucking murdering and kidnapping and raping people. Um, That's not cool, guys. Um, So, just, I think that that's, that's something I appreciate about his character. And that, despite all of this, Makashima is so almost calm and well-spoken. And the only times you finally see him start to break is at the end where he's finally been made to bleed his own blood. And he's running through these, like, wheat fields, and you see him, like, touching his chest, and his handprints are leading Kogami to him. And he goes out as, like, a martyr to him and only him against the system. So when I posted... So the other night, I was talking about the dynamic between Kogami and and Makashima, How Because Jet was bringing up uh, something about shark teeth. And how uh, Kogami doesn't have shark teeth like the character, like the Fengi character that he was based on. Because if you look at Reborn art, uh, some of the characters in Reborn look like younger versions of these characters. So I posted to them... uh, So we posted about something... Jet was like, oh, I'll bite you to death. So then I was like, I was like, clearly kogami needed the fangs because he could be over makashima and then makashima could be like the hunger to bite down on my jugular to feel the worm fill your mouth and run over it even as you drink deep yep that's a fucking final fantasy 14 quote
2: okay that makes sense because
3: that is the quote that xenos the main villain of stormblood who is essentially like more psychopathic makashima with like nazi elements please play Final Fantasy 14. it's fantastic, says to you because he's your, you're his Kogami. And he wants you to be his best friend and rip out his jugular and drink his blood and shit, because that's hot girl shit.
2: Um, I'm gonna be honest, I'm almost relieved to find out that's Final Fantasy 14 because I genuinely honest to God thought that quote was Omegaverse. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
3: Andrew, you say megaverse like it's a bad thing.
2: I, look, look, that's a metal-as-hell line of dialogue, and it's really cool, and I'm relieved to know it is from the critically acclaimed MMO Final Fantasy XIV, and it is not from somebody who is getting their bussy impregnated by the big bad wolf with giant fucking sausage mm. fingers.
3: I hate you. Stop being mean to ABO. Uh, uh, just for the look, just for an, that, just an, for that, not be upon thee. Uh,
2: it's an easy target, but come on, it's uh, like an
3: Omega. Come on,
2: it it's at least it is silly. It it is silly. I'm going to
3: Google. I'm, at least I'm going to A O three right now to see how many Shogo Makashima, Shinya Kogami A B O fix there are.
1: Uh, in a, uh, while you're doing that, uh, Patrick, do you think you want that? Yeah.
0: Um, uh, an element of Makashima's performance that kind of got overlooked here that I picked up on is that while he is book smart, he is absolutely a fucking child.
2: Mm. Oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: Like he he may be smart, he may be strategizing all these things well in advance. But he's just an angry little kid breaking toys Like really
2: He's holding Caulfield
0: <laughs>
3: Fuck So the yeah. answer to that yeah. Is that no I did not find any Shoko Makashima And Shinya Kogami ABO fix Cowards I mm. did find a, gin- a Ginoza and, Kagomi- a- and Kogami one mm-hmm.
2: That makes sense Yeah, that's that. that, See, that one makes sense to me, yeah. Anyways, Alex is really good.
0: And Robert McCollum's a really good, like, chain smoking, been through shit detective. Not quite as much as Masaoka, but, like, you could tell he's been among the wolves for too long. Mm
3: hmm.
2: Robert just has this great grizzled tone of his voice that's very fitting and necessary for a character like Kogumi. Where it's like, he Kogumi is not exactly like a young man. Like, he looks like he could be young, but he doesn't look. I, I think, Megan, you were tr- kind of trying to apply the fact that he has like the soul of a 50, 60 year old in the hot rod body of a 20, 30 yeah, year old. Hell yeah, he do. And I think, yeah, a lot of what Robert McCollum's voice is a lot of that, where it's like, it's got the right grizzled energy of, like, somebody who is older, while also managing to make him sound at least a little bit younger and ignorant compared to somebody like Masanaka.
1: Yep, uh, Yeah, this is the really kind of character Robert McCollum sells it. Like, it is kind of funny, thinking back to when this show first came out, and when, like, uh, was didn't because, like, when I watched this, but because when I first watched the show, I think like, man, this is such a this is such a Robert McComb character. I hope he I hope he plays him. And then I saw the cast, and I
3: was like, oh wow, I was running money there.
2: God, remember the days where we did dub predictions in our episodes? God, now it's
0: hard. Yeah.
3: There's yeah. so many. There's so many great new actors.
2: It's basically at some point you just kind of got to throw a dart and be like, all right. Do I want to put a stock in Belshabar, or do I want to put my stock into our boy Jacob?
3: Yeah, congrats, Jacob. There's a lot
2: of congrats. Yeah. Congratulations to former Patriot who told us to review Golden Boy for the show. Now getting in the Crunchyroll doors. Proud of you. Proud of you, oh, bro. Panda is
3: bellowing.
2: Uh, but yeah. Also remember. Uh, also remember
3: to be very very careful about your nazis, Tarsha stocks, it may have side effects. You might start thinking that Saturdays are for dads.
2: (laughs) And dad's cars.
3: And his trophies.
2: I legitimately forgot what the Z Tarsha looked like, because I honestly just associate him with Dexter's dad.
3: The fact that he doesn't look like Dexter's dad in real life is a slight disappointment. (laughs)
2: Oh, no, like, Nazi's great. I just find that really funny. Like, people forget before Justin Briner became Deku, he had Josh Peck as his Twitter PFP. Uh,
4: oh, Me yeah,
3: remembering remember when Justin that. Briner did Tumblr uh, Tumblr voiceovers for Homestuck. Wait, really?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Huh. No, I'll, I'll send it to you.
2: Everybody has origins also to the, the internet. He
3: also loves balls.
2: Everybody has origins, and it always comes back to Persona 4 him today.
1: <laughs>
3: Yeah.
2: Anyways, Robert McCall is yeah. good. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, he's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's a uh, board. is pretty much his wheelhouse. He uh, does a good job of making come off as a guy who's uh, rapper right on the edges, but well meaning. And I do, and like how he bounces off of a lot of the early interactions, and how, and, so, and how he kind of better her the way it is, and uh, is as mentioned before kind of the character who sort of immediately shows her the most respect bear to everyone else, who ever out, so just kind of, like, uh, you know, just kind of treats her like a rookie. And I didn't like it as a very clear, degree uh, of respect Kogaby has for her consistently, and Robert gets it across really well.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd also really like just to talk about Robert McCollum's chemistry, I think, with a lot of different characters in the show is really good. I think, to me, the one thing that I actually didn't expect because I thought about it is sometimes Kogami can actually be really funny. I was very yep. much expecting a much more hard-assed, all-the-time character. And it's like, no, he's just kind of, like, a very intense but normal dude mm-hmm. who just really likes his job. Yeah. And
2: and also really has a rockin' bod.
1: Do which I appreciate, while there might be something there between, like, Akane and Kogami, I do appreciate that it's not, like, a really big focus to, like, their I dynamic. want there
3: to be things between them. So, yeah, it would be nice, but not, like, a big thing. But I do appreciate
1: that, like, the one time they knew maybe sort of it, that it might be there. And when, like, Akane's, like, walking out of Kogami like, fighting a robot. And it's like, a brief moment where you can kind of, like, see her, like, checking out his abs.
2: But yeah, no, it's you can definitely tell there is something there, but I think also a lot of what develops between them is also based almost entirely around how much Akane changes throughout the entirety
4: of the show. Mm, Yeah.
2: Which, I'd say the big thing for Akane Tsunamori, and especially in regards to uh, Kate Oxley in particular... How much Psychopaths works for you, at least this first part of Psychopaths works for you, is how much you buy the development and rising action of Akane Tsunamori. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Cause she Yeah. Cause she really does kind of start out as that, like, privileged kid who could go anywhere, but is like wants to enforce justice because she thinks she believes in justice without having really seen any of the dark underbellies or the truths or the having to make the hard choices or having to deal with the sacrifices. Really, she...
0: She doesn't do it, initially do it for all that. She does it because... Or she joined the NWPSB because not because of a sense of of justice, but instead it was the one place nobody else got a good score at, so it was the one place she would be able to move up the ranks.
2: She took pride at being the only one of her class to even get the offer. Oh yeah. But, But yeah, then as you see her develop and like, my god, Akane does develop into a pretty compelling leading protagonist yeah. and like seeing her step the fuck up is really cool like you see her at her, you see her at her ignorance you see her at her absolute lowest and then you see her rising to climb and take it all <laughs> and even to the point where she is actively challenging Sybil itself to the point that like one of my favorite exchanges is where she basically makes a bargain where it's like hey you want this new brain food I want my man back alive if we're going to do this I need this thing modded for me to consistently use non-lethal rounds at will if I don't have the ability to do that I cannot guarantee Makashima safety and I think that's fucking badass that is absolutely badass, and you know what? But yeah, I feel like I feel like Kate is a very interesting choice for a character like Akane, and I definitely say probably. I don't, I don't know if this is mean to say, she is definitely quite literally the greenest among this cast. It's in some ways that feels almost intentional in the fact that she feels a little more like a rookie in the shoes of Akane in like a sort of meta way. But that also might just be me reading into it. I think Kate is a little rough at
1: this. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is kind of interesting going back to this. Cause like my only other point of reference for Kate going into this was actually, uh, perk, uh, Misaki in darker than black, which, uh, well the other thing I knew it before this, and uh and so, and it's funny enough, I think I think I can't remember if it was in the commentaries, but I think Zach Bolt might have mentioned that like her performance in that show was kind of why she got cast in here, and so I thought that was interesting.
2: Oh, that is interesting, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh yeah, because that was a pretty amazing character in that show, so
2: But but that having been said, my God Kate gets a lot to chew on with a character like Akane Sudomori, and by the end of this, by God, is she really, really rocking the hard-boiled detective who's not going to lose to cynicism or like the fucked-up corruption of the system to try and get what she wants. Even if she doesn't succeed, she's not going to let that wallow in despair and let that sink mm-hmm. her.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Uh yeah. Which uh, which a lot of what makes Psychopath works is how much you like Akade Tsunamori and like seeing her rise and develop as an inspector. And in that regard, that does make Psychopath a really compelling watch. At least as far as these first twenty two
4: mm-hmm. episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I really do like the performance a lot. uh really do think you did know, a good job of making uh, a uh, kind of come off as uh, kind of frustrated and naive in the beginning without uh, coming, not making coming off as like a or leading into the whole like um, boy, anime, girl thing too much which uh, uh, which, uh, which, is a uh, nice sort of gay performance I appreciated because uh, like I did not watch the show in Japanese originally and I believe it was um,
2: Ka- That is Kana Hanazawa yep. as Akane yep. Tsu, don't worry, Basically one of the most iconic like female yep. series.
1: So, uh, so, uh, so uh, yeah, definitely interesting coming off of a performance like that, I think. So, and I think Kate's variation of the is is uh, very interesting in that respect. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, where it does sound a little more kind of, I don't want to say grounded in a sense, but it is kind of a bit more... I don't know, it doesn't lead into like, the whole like, anime girl class match, which is another like, guy.
2: I feel like the the difference is like the assumed leading lady in an anime versus the leading lady in a cop procedural TV yeah. show. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah. We, oh.
4: No,
2: no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, which I think that in itself does make it compelling take on a character like Akane in a show
1: mm-hmm. like this. Uh, yeah, but I like a lot of her growth throughout the show. I especially, uh, what uh, one aspect of Kate's performance I especially like was her delivery the a scene where, like, uh, where Gita's been kind of talking down to her throughout, like, the entire first half, and then, like, as she finally has, and it, it kind of tells him off. I thought Kate was really good there.
2: I... I do like that. Like there are those moments where it's like you could tell she could wallow in the despair, and it's very clear that she is going to face the challenge head on, not because anybody's making her, but because she's actively choosing to do so. It is in itself a pretty compelling arc. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. And yep. And then of course I really like their delivery into, like the flat scenes he has with them, where like she's all get off, and 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 not just like. And I really appreciate that scene on a lot of levels. Not just because I really like case delivery there, and just, like, you know, the whole representation of hope that Akane's just kind of supposed to represent that movement. but just because I just sort of like the whole ambiguity of, like, that whole conversation where we're not quite sure if Akane's optimism is going to win out in the end or if Sybil's going to get what it wants. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was really interesting.
3: I think the thing that I really liked about Akane's, Kate's performance as Akane is that it is that green feeling but also it just grows in her confidence as the character goes on and that's actually one of the things I really want to appreciate about Psychopaths is that as much as Kogane, Kogami gets the kill on Makashima in the end this is still Sunamori's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is still her story. She is still the most important character. And I feel like in a lot of these shows that attract a lot of people about, like, Oh, who's the smart genius of the group? I like shows that are intellectual and stuff. And it's usually, like, the most basically written OP smart edgy boy show. Doing, like- And it's like, we're gonna show we're edgy by, like, having high schoolers commit torture on each other. Or- I'm the super smart boy, and the girl character who likes me is here just to be eye candy for me to abuse and show how super smart I am
2: basically, the main character is anime Batman
3: that's an insult In that's an insult to Batman depending on the writer mm-hmm.
2: depending on the writer, but I feel like it's a it's it's a basic it, it's assumption essentially of what people everybody, think everybody
3: who it it it's nice to see a female lead character like this in an anime when so many people want their smart edgy character to be a different flavor of light Yagami or Lelouch Mm. in that the thing that I really like and I think it's my favorite moment in the show is not that Akane stands up to the civil system or the civil system Ah, I get it because it sounds like civil um
2: oh my god (laughs) Oh my god! Fuck <laughs> off! Oh my god! I literally realized like a day ago, psychopath is psychopath, and it's like, oh god damn it! It's all wordplay, isn't it? It's all puns with the Japanese. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just re- I didn't even pick up on that myself.
3: Ugh. Also, ha 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 ha. Also, did you know that there's a there's a horror movie called Sybil? Uh,
1: of course, there I is. Did
3: not. Yeah. She's it's it's also a psychological horror.
1: Uh that would make sense. Uh, but yeah. Uh uh what were you gonna say before?
3: Yeah, I'm getting to it. By the way, fun thing about Sybil, uh this is just a summary of the book from by uh by uh Flora Rada Scheiber, is that uh Sybil manifests sixteen personalities Wilbur encourages civil various cells to communicate in real information about her life. Hey, you know what the civil system's made out of?
2: Oh my god. Bunch of
3: different brains i.e. bunch of different personalities.
2: It's all references all the way down isn't
4: it? Turtles
3: all the way down. Yep. <laughs> but uh, the thing that I like is, is that it is it is when they are they are um finding the the agriculture guy that um Makashima killed to get into the factory, right?
4: Yep. Yep. Yep.
3: And she decides she's like we got to think like Makashima, not Makashima like Kogami does. And she had looked on the neck and is like, there's a metal thing in the neck, get me gloves. And everybody else is like, do you want to use the drum for that? And she just shoves her fingers in this dude's slit throat and pulls out the thing. No hesitation, completely unflinching, and they're all like, what the fuck, Tsunamori? And she's just like, I found it. Tsunamori goes from being a bottom to topping. (laughs) yeah but the thing that I like about her, and it it's kind of something that i I genuinely appreciate about some characters, is that despite being in a hyper violent world, she herself does not want to give in to hyper violence, yeah, and I appreciate that about characters because it seems like these days everybody hates the idea that characters can you know. Not want to go ape shit. Have you tried being nice? And I think that Kate mm. gets that growth in her character because there is still a warmth to her performance as Sunimori, and I think that's really reflected in the last episode where it's such—it's a exact mirror of her first night. But unlike how Jesse performs, Gino's doing it where. Ginoza sees it as oh great, here we fucking go. She kind of has this more sympathetic like this is about to be the worst night of your fucking life. I'm so sorry, but this is what you have to do. Mm. I liked her performance a lot, and I wish Kate Oxley was in more things.
1: Yeah. Uh you <laughs> have anything you want to add, Patrick? Uh
0: Kate Oxley, good. You guys pretty much said everything. Kate Oxley.
2: Kate Oxley, good indeed.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, And with that, I think we can finally move on to Final Thoughts. Uh, Who would like to go first?
2: I think this has been a very fascinating show to go back and rewatch for a couple of reasons. I'm simultaneously glad I got the chance to actually rewatch this show with a modern perspective and a more discerning eye about a couple of things that have come out since. But also, fuck you, I am now cursed with the fact that I will now pursue the path of catching up. I now need to know why this franchise continued to be a franchise how it somehow continued to exist after the fucking bomb that is Psychopath Season 2, and if anything that came out after it and came out after urabuchi really cleaned his hands of it is even worth it or not. Mm-hmm. I At this point, I'm now at a, I need to know. I need to know. And yes, that's going to include going back to Season 2, and yes, that's going to ah,
1: suck. good luck with that.
3: Glory, that being glory. said, what a hell of a way to die.
2: That being said, this was a fun show to really revisit and get a chance to talk about. There's a lot of things that hold up way better than they should, and it's upsetting. Not the performances, in the actual things that Urubuchi brings up. I think there's some fucking line about why is the media not, why is the media inciting more violence right now? And it's like, well, it's it's whatever they can to get clicks. And I just screamed, Urubuji! Uh. Like, fuck, man.
4: Uh.
2: Fuck. But, you know what? Honestly, season one's still really solid. There's a lot of fun performances and a couple of career highlights for some people, too.
4: Uh,
3: yeah.
2: This was good. Glad I got to do this.
3: Um, Patrick, you want to go before me? Because you talk. I talk a little too much, so I don't want to... To steal anything
0: So yeah this was a really Interesting show to revisit Especially given the times now Um, The dub itself Is The kind of dub I wish I could see from Crunchyroll more often with A bunch of people collaborating On The production side In such a way that I guess everybody has time to do to do the research and figure things out instead of it being like oh, you got like 2 weeks. I kind of miss this. And I frankly I wish we could see things of this cerebral nature done this way more often.
2: The reality is this The the seasonal simulcast grind Is ever growing and impossible to catch up on Take some time To go back Smell the flowers Go find that weird thing in your collection You don't remember buying And just put it on every now and then You might find some gems you didn't know you owned Yeah,
0: There you go
2: I say that, and somebody's going to accidentally watch a violence jack and be like, "Oh God, this was a mistake."
3: Hey, what's this Rin Daughters of Men machine show?
1: Oh my God! Doesn't <laughs> 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 oh, this, this remind me? This reminded me. How about Yoko's? You think about that I haven't watched yet? I, I you should that. watch
3: that i think for me i as somebody who never got to watch who never just like had the inkling to watch the show over many many years uh i enjoyed it for what it is i think the stub is fantastic i definitely agree that there should be like i don't want to defend the megacorp because fuck the megacorp idea but i can understand why they do what they do and it's it's because, I guess, I, I I go on said Megacorps Discord, but, like, people, like, lose their absolute fucking mind if, like... A, okay, like... People lose their absolute fucking mind forgetting what time a sub-episode comes out of a show. So I understand it, but that being said, I think the most ideal thing would be to obviously... One, expand back to having studios outside of, of just the internal Spear record stuff and just put some stuff on a post-seasonal thing and just put them out with this collaborative effort. Because the thing is, as much as I do really like this, I also don't want to like act as if we don't get qualities of dubs like this anymore. Oh, but I, no! Yeah, but no! But I understand what Patrick is criticizing, and I agree with him a hundred percent. I just understand that a lot of people, I think, wouldn't get what we're talking about, what we're missing, and just like that. And the one thing I think I really do like about this too is that. God, I'm trying to put it in how am I gonna put it in the words? I honestly wish that we would also get more shows like this again. Because I think a lot of psychological thriller shows that come out these days aren't necessarily psychological thrillers. They're just excuses to be ultra grimdark but say but act like they're smart, if you get what I'm saying.
1: Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it does feel like this particular brand of show is kind of got out of style. It basically,
2: it is the assumption people look at Psychopaths and assume that it is a nihilistic show, and that is almost a falsity that a lot of shows tend yeah. to fall into.
3: Yeah, and I wish that also too. I believe, is this an original project as well? Yes.
2: Yep. It is an original project. Yeah, markets.
3: I want more fun anime original cop dramas that aren't copaganda uh
1: that would be nice
3: like i genuinely and i know there's a difference between how we as americans view the political and police system as opposed to japan and like one of the things that i really really want to highlight that was actually really kind of a thing that patrick brought up in our group chat was like as much as the show is really good, it's still really flawed in how it views certain things, like immigration. Yeah. Especially mm. toward
0: the later
3: seasons
0: and movies.
1: Uh, it's, uh, yes, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's a product of a time in some respects, and it's absolutely well, not mean, perfect when it comes to could also, about.
3: Like, yeah, there's a lot of things that we could go into that we don't have time for, but... Overall, I think the dub is really, really good. I think it's. I think if you're gonna watch it for any reason, I think it should be watched by people who. I'm gonna say this. It should be watched by people who only know Alex Organ for Psychopaths and probably only know Robert McCollum as Reiner in Attack on Titan.
2: I believe you meant to. I think I know what you were going for there. It's for people who only know Alex Lo- o- Oregon as Lloyd Ford. Right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, or yeah, okay. I would say as Deccum, But then again, I would also suggest those people watch Death Previous. because it feels like everybody kind of forgot about Death
2: Parade. <laughs> Man, there's so many things just from even like the past decade ago that don't feel long ago, but it's been way longer than we think it is. Like for Psychopaths. Like, the fact that there are new entries for it, it's worth remembering, this franchise is like a decade old. Yeah, and we still just got that, new stuff that, it's crazy. It. Which, that in itself is insane to me.
3: Yeah. Jet?
2: I'm not sure how I feel about this continuing to be a franchise, but it is almost yeah, fascinating uh, yeah, yeah. that it
4: is still yeah, a
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird, because, like, I sat here and thought about it. It's like, man, whenever you sit drinking, about? It, this is, like, the last big anime original, I feel, that actually got turned into, like, an actual franchise.
3: Hey now, Gen's other Gen's other darling from that thing is still kicking. Uh, so, okay, I mean it is,
1: but it came out a year before this, dude.
3: Yeah, but it's still going.
2: It is getting a new thing, which people are higher.
3: Who the fuck on that phone? Anyway, Jet, go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, but I'm glad I got the chance to uh, revisit this show. As I uh, two, so pre- uh, so- um, still pretty solid. I think it ha- had some pretty uh, good commentary. Uh, not uh, not always perfect, but it, but there's a lot of the there's a lot of the show that's still relevant in ways that are extremely terrifying. And as far as the dub goes, I enjoyed it a lot. It's a uh, really solid effort all across the board. It's a, it's a, and, there really are, and there really are a lot of elements in terms of like collaboration and direction I do. So, uh, so, uh, that I do kind of wish we could like, maybe go back to, but it's kind of a little hard to do under some dumb schedule, even if we are still generally getting good stuff on the regular. But, uh, yeah, this was a pretty uh, nice show visit, and I'm glad I got to do it with you guys.
0: Yeah.
2: Thanks for having us, man. This was fun.
1: Yep. Um, so, uh, that <laughs> Blast, uh, plus, plus does it for us, and uh, we are the dub Talk Podcast, uh, You can find us, uh, usually new episodes go up uh, every two, every couple of weeks on a Friday. Uh, Usually, and uh, beyond that, you can usually find us on uh, all the social medias, uh, your Tumblrs, your Instagrams, uh, the dying corpse of Twitter, uh, you know, all those places.
3: The dying corpse of the civil system. Oh my
1: god. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, new episodes usually go up on YouTube, Podbean, all the places you can find your audio. And, uh, if you'd like to support anything we do, you can give us a one-time donation to Rakofi. or you can be one of our lovely patrons and before any other ending tonight, so Want to give a shout-out to our patrons. In the $5 tier, we have Beckett's Weapon Dad, Michelle Trivis, and Victor Mariboda. And in the $10 tier, we have Anthony Brown, Carly Lusikow, Cable Soup, and Anthony. Uh, thanks for your support, guys. You're, we always appreciate it.
2: Y'all are beautiful people. Thanks for sticking around for all this nonsense.
3: I apologize for nothing, Mom and Dad. <laughs> hey.
2: You know what you signed up mm-hmm. for.
1: Alright, uh, so is there anything you find people would like to plug?
2: Hi, my name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy started You can find me over on the Dying Corpse of Twitter, at Mangaman9000. And you can also find me on a, another podcast, Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA, where I talk about the latest in anime news alongside my buddy, Jet, here. Uh,
1: Patrick?
0: Oh, oh it's me next. Okay. Um... Yeah, I'm Patrick, a.k.a. Roots of Justice. You can find me on the Twitter and the blue sky at Roots of Justice, mainly retweet cute animal pics. Talk General Fandom. It's a good time. Um, I do have a blog that I'm trying to keep up with. Um, and I have a Patrick's Cool Thing of the Day. Woo! do tell. So, there's been a lot of good movies and television I've been watching but as of right now the writers and actors are both still on strike so those will take a little bit of a back burner in the meantime since this is probably coming out sometime around spooky season um watch Phantom of the Paradise just don't make me beg don't make me beg.
3: Can I make
2: I mean we are a hunting dog, so we could make it. Hey beg.
3: Patrick, can I make your night? What's that? Can I make your night? How so? Would you like to show me Phantom of the Paradise for the first time when I see you in a week?
0: We could do that.
3: Yay, we can have a movie date.
2: Hey, sounds like a good time. Grab the popcorn.
0: The less I tell you about it, the better. It's a.
2: The title is already giving enough away. It's
0: *Fame of the Opera*, but a rock opera. It's good.
3: Oh, that makes it better.
0: And it's got Paul oh, Williams in it. So, dope, actually.
2: All right. Fuck it. Thank you. <laughs> I will check that out.
0: Yeah, the Muppet movie guys. The Muppet movie guy says slurs.
3: Oh, my.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Yeah. sure. Sure.
1: Uh, Megan?
3: Hi, you can follow me at Queen Era 2 on Twitter, and I believe I'm just Queen Era on Blue Sky. Uh, oh, yeah, we can advertise, we can advertise blue blue our Blue Skies, now. baby! Yeah,
2: fuck ra! Anyway, like, look, we got the life. R- we have we got the lifeboats. So we I might as well use them. I have two
3: codes if anybody needs one in the comments, and I haven't given them away. Just don't send uh, them yeah, via Twitter DM. Twitter. Yeah, you're not the. You'll have to. You'll have to uh, DM. You'll have to email the the podcast, and I'll send it to you. But yeah, you can follow me at Jess Quindera on Blue Sky B S K Y dot social. Uh you know it's me if you see the picture of the Ryko whose head is in a trombone.
2: It is also classy Spartan dot Social. You will see the picture of Tomo Iswa with the sunglasses on.
3: Uh-huh. Well the Pokemon who owns the white sedan, you left your lights.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what we do, that's what we're about, and that's what we're doing. Yep. We're doing our very best and keep on hipping yep.
1: And uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter and Blue Sky at my Nega. But uh, usually, it'll be, uh, it'll be an image of uh, Musa from, from Wind with the Wind. So that's how you know it's me. And uh, beyond and uh, beyond that, you can also find me on Sphere Resolutions Podcast. So, today, uh, usually just talking about anime news and uh, beyond that I uh, write for websites occasionally and you can also find me on my own blog uh, The Dirty Abyss where I'll usually just be talking about whatever Jonah Jumps stuff I'm reading
2: Mm -mm. and and with that (laughs) I think it's time to retire
1: I can finally hang out the old hat Uh...
2: but are we going to retire or are we hang on wait 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 are we getting retired, or are we getting turned into uh, goo? crap,
0: my crime coefficient's up.
4: <laughs>
2: ah, oh, fuck, mine's... Oh, I don't even know how it got to 420 ba- blazing <laughs> levels. I must have done some real fucked up <laughs> shit, man.
3: Mine's... My psych... My coef... Oh, sorry, go ahead first. Mine's up to 69 nice. Damn,
0: <laughs> you took my joke! Ugh. <laughs> uh.
2: Ah, good old psychopath. No, I read that wrong. It's six
0: ninety. Ah, crap. Nice knowing you guys.
2: (laughs) Rip. Alright, I hope my goop is tasty. Mm -hmm. Good night, everybody.
0: Um. Oh, taco on that, deba.
3: The civil system is people.